is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino Casino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. You ready? Now, let's go to the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Studio with the huge one, Bill Simonson. Good afternoon, Michigan. This is not the huge one. Bill's taking a little day off today, enjoying the nice weather outside. Hope you are, too. This is Jeff Risen from Lions Wire and the Detroit Lions podcast. You've heard me on here before. Uh, normally, I'm in here with, with Huge. Today, it's all me. And that means we're going to talk a lot of Detroit Lions football today. Uh, hope everybody's tuned in and, and happy and, and ready to, to discuss what's going on with our football team. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the, the Michigan State game that's coming up this weekend because I do have some interest in that. Uh, maybe a little bit of Michigan football, too. Um, apparently, the Tigers are still playing. I'm not really sure why. Uh, we're, we're, we're not going to talk about that. That's that. Who, nobody cares there. Um, I, if you do, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's, it's football season, baby. We, and we got hockey coming up. We got basketball coming up. It's a great time of year. But we're going to focus on the Detroit Lions. The one and three Detroit Lions, the NFL's leading team in points scored and points allowed. And it's very interesting to me the way that the general populace, and, and I'm guilty of this too, focuses on the points allowed a heck of a lot more than we do the points scored. And that's 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 a function of being one and three. That's a function of losing to the Seattle Seahawks in the way that you did, where they didn't punt. Seahawks have been around since 1976. First time in their history, they've never they didn't punt in a in a game once. That's uh, that's hard to swallow. Geno Smith, the guy who's bounced around the league, who's always been like you know the 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 good backup, but not the guy that you want starting, torching the Lions, um, ripping apart Aaron Glenn's defense. It's hard to ignore that, but I do think that we are ignoring some of the positives a little bit from the offense. T.J. Hawkinson had one of the 10 best games that an NFL tight end has ever had. Think about that for a second. In the history of the NFL, like my, one of my childhood heroes, Ozzie Newsom, who's in the Hall of Fame, before he was the Ravens general manager, he was a hell of a tight end for the Cleveland Browns, uh, and I grew up in Cleveland when he, in his heyday. Never did what TJ Hawkinson did, getting over 175 yards receiving and two touchdowns in a single game. Um, it's, it's only the third time in NFL history that he – a player of any position has done that and caught a two-point conversion. The other two were Roddy White 
uh, and Torrey Holt. Um, that those guys, or I'm sorry, Isaac Bruce. Isaac Bruce is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Torrey Holt should be too. There, that's and 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 it's weird that we ignore that, and it's weird that 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 most Lions fans are are riding with the. Oh my God! Everything the, the sky is falling. We we you know what's going on? We got to fire Aaron Glenn. We got we got to make all these radical changes, and and we're forgetting that the the offense is really really good. And is it good enough? No, no, it is not. We got to score more than the defense allows, and that's that's the fundamental problem of having it, the worst defense in the NFL by far. Uh, you cannot give up the points that they're giving up the way that they're giving them up. It's just been too easy. I caught some of, the, of Bill's show yesterday with, with the callers calling in, and I thought a lot of you made some great points. The, it's, it's unacceptable to get, keep getting beaten by the same plays and the same schemes week after week, and it's frustrating. I know it's frustrating. Uh, one of the things that I did today, I, I wrote a, a piece this morning at the Lions where I, I watched the game films and broke down more, three ways that I think that the Lions can get fixed on defense. Uh, we're going to talk about those a little bit today. Uh, and we'll talk about those. I got some guests coming in today. Uh, you're not just going to hear me for the next three hours. You're going to hear uh, uh, first up in the next segment will be Scott Bischoff, who has just recently joined the Detroit Lions podcast with me and, and our, our esteemed leader, Chris. Uh, so we'll talk to Scott a little bit about what's going on with the Lions. And, and look, Scott and I are both draft people at heart. That's how we became friends all those years ago. So we're going to talk a little NFL draft, too, because uh, it's always draft season. When you're one and three, you got to look ahead to the draft, too. Um, and we're, we'll, do, we'll do some of that. I uh, have Jeremy Reisman from uh, Pride of Detroit coming in later. Uh, we'll also talk to Mark Schofield, who is now with the Pro Football Network, um, formerly of Touchdown Wire. Mark, if you've heard me before, uh, if you've tuned into the Detroit Lions podcast before, you know Mark very well. Um, he is, at heart, a Patriots guy, and the Lions do happen to play the New England Patriots this week. Um, Mark, also a former college quarterback and a quarterback guru. Nobody breaks down quarterbacks as well as he does. Uh, so we're going to talk to him about what's going on with their quarterback situation with uh is it Brian Hoyer? Is it Bailey Zappi? Is it what's going on with Mac Jones? And how is Matt Patricia getting them to to score points? And this is something um, Superfly Hayes sitting here in the producer's chair. We talked about it a little bit before uh, before we came on the air. It's going to be really bad if Matt Patricia's offense offense beats this Lions defense. I don't. That's just not something that I want to. I don't even. I didn't want to think about that possibility. Um, it's five days off, and I and I told him if that happens, like we got to buy next week. If they lose, I'm I'm rejecting all media appearances for a week. Um, I'm I'm not. I don't I don't I don't need that um, because I don't I don't need to, to be spewing that much negativity. That's just not what I want to do. It's not what I'm about. Uh, so that's uh, that that's something that we're gonna we're gonna break down with Mark a little bit, uh, and then in the final hour today, the five o'clock hour. We will have a little impromptu session of the Detroit Lions podcast. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, we record uh, my, my co-host Chris and I. Um, normally, he's actually the person who does most of the, the leading and talking, but I'm going to ask him the questions this time, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to do that in the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to break down what we're thinking about with the Lions, uh, give you a little preview of the show, um, and uh, just give you a little taste for what we do. Um, normally we record on every Wednesday. Uh, last week we were uh, a little delayed. He lives in the Tampa area and the hurricane came through. So, uh, we, we didn't record last week, but, uh, we're going to have that coming on for you. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to, we're again, focus primarily on the lions and where they're at and how we can fix some of the defensive things. Uh, just, it's so frustrating where I was at. I'll, I'll reset this for a quick second. Going into Sunday's game. 
The Lions were one and two, and I expected them to be one and two. I thought they were going to lose to Philadelphia. I thought Philadelphia was a very good team. I was somewhat optimistic that they would beat Minnesota, but that that game's in Minnesota. It's tough. They're they're pretty good. I think we've seen that in in their three and one. They beat the Packers already. I mean that that that's a good football team. I expected to lose that game. No, well, I just shouldn't. Say, I, I wasn't surprised that the Lions lost, and I knew that they would beat Washington. So they were one, one and two, and I'm like, okay, they're right on schedule. This is where we should be. Then you get Seattle. They are at the beginning of a overhaul. This is a franchise that no longer has Russell Wilson. They no longer have Bobby Wagner. He's out tackling streakers in San, in San Francisco with the Los Angeles Rams last night. By the way, that was that was the best hit that he's made all season. Um, the Rams defense isn't good either. Um, but this is a Seattle team that the Lions should beat, and they were favored to beat them. They were favored by as much as 6.5 points, which was the most points they've been favored by since 2016 in any game. The line got bought down. I think it closed on, on DraftKings. I think it was a 3.5, might even been 2.5 um, with all the injuries that the Lions had. But it's still a game that you got to win, and you score 45 points. you got to win. And they didn't. And that is where the frustration comes for me. That is a game that you should win. You cannot lose to a team like that. That that's that's a winnable game at home. You know, where you reset yourself, you're you're at two and two. You got a game coming up, a winnable game against New England, and yes, it's still a very winnable game, even with the Lions defense in the state that it's in. But now you kind of have to beat the Patriots in New England. And that's, uh, look, I know they're not good, but that, that's a thorny issue, man. It's tough. It's tough to win on the road. You're playing outside. That's a little bit different. Haven't been outside yet this year. It's, it's not a situation that you want to be in. And, you know, when, when you've got Dan Campbell squaring off against Bill Belichick, Look, I love Dan Campbell. I'm siding with Death Hoodie, man. Like, that, that guy's proven it. He's, he's got the pelts on the wall. So losing to Seattle, it, it it takes away any of the real optimism that I think a lot of us had for this team. You know, you again, you can accept losing to Philadelphia, and it was a close game. Um, it, the, the final score was actually closer than what the game was. We all watched it. But, yeah, okay, all right, Philadelphia, they're, they're the last undefeated team. They're, they, look, they look fantastic. There's no harm in losing to them by a field goal. Minnesota, again, you're on the road. You, you did a great job against Justin Jefferson. Um, Jeff Okuda had a great game. Your offense did some good things, but your defense just wasn't quite good enough. But then you play Seattle, and it's Seattle. Oh, my God. Two rookie offensive tackles. Now, they're both good. And, and by the way, Abraham Lucas, their right tackle, um, if you are a fellow headbanger like I am, you really need to check this guy out. He is a guy that you will like a lot. And he, he had a great game against Aiden Hutchinson, no doubt about it. But he shouldn't have that great of a game. Rashad Penny, good running back. He ain't that good. You know, Geno Smith, having a pretty nice season. He actually leads the NFL in completion percentage and did before that game. So it, it's not like he's chopped liver, but he ain't that good. And then that happens. 48 points. 41 by your defense. Seven did come off the arm of Jared Goff going the other way. Um, and, and look, I'm not going to blame Jared Goff. That was, a ha- that was an awful, awful, horrendous throw. Um, throwing late uh, against a, a corner with the speed that Tariq Woolen had, you can't do that. You, you can, and, and Jared Goff knew it as soon as he threw it. He, you saw him. As soon as he threw the ball, he, he was like, oh, crap, I got to go tackle this guy, and I'm not catching him. <laughs> it was... Yes, that wound up being the losing margin of the game. But if you're hanging this loss on Jared Goff, 
You're trying way too hard to hate on Jared Goff. This game was about the defense and the ineptitude of the defense. Other than that, I thought Jared Goff had a great game. Um, he did actually throw one other pass that probably should have been a pick six early on, but you know it didn't bounce that way. I'm not going to blame the offense for this one. I'm going to blame the defense. They couldn't stop Seattle. Again, it's not Minnesota. It's not Philadelphia. It's it's the Seahawks. They're they're not a good team, and that's that. And, and I understand that's where the frustration comes from. And I I I respect that. And you should be frustrated because these are these are the kind of games that these Detroit Lions should not be losing. And when they lose that, you know, Dan Campbell talks a lot about you know building something up and having people you know believe in each other and the, changing the culture. Nothing changes the culture quicker than winning. And the wins validate what he's trying to sell to his players, to his assistant coaches, to Sheila Hamp upstairs, and to all of us out there who watch the game and buy tickets and buy merchandise um, and buy, look, they they got some sweet hats coming out. I've actually seen an early release of some of the shoes that they have. Like, these are really cool things. Like, I want to represent the Lions, but I don't want them to represent me being like that team. And that's... That's where the losing gets so hard for for what Dan Campbell's trying to do. Because again, no harm in losing what they did. But when you lose to Seattle like that, that's when you start questioning, like, man, does this guy really know what he's going on? Like, how come our defense keeps getting beat by the same play every week? Like, it's third and five. They know we're going to send two guys up the A-gap. Here, let's run a little counterplay out to the right. Let's flare our tight end out and have Geno do a little rollout and, and find him wide open because the safety's stuck in the middle of the field. The linebackers don't know what they're doing. Well, you know, the, the cornerbacks are playing press man. They're turning their backs, and it, it, it's, too, it's been too easy for the, def- for the opposing offenses to beat up the Lions' defense, and that's something that we got to change. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we do have Scott Bischoff when we're coming back. But first off, those of you who know me uh, and have heard me on uh, 96.1 here in Grand Rapids before, uh, in a prior incarnation, I used to come in and read the weather report every time I was in studio. So we are going to do that because uh, I went to college initially. Uh, I went to Ohio University back in the early 1990s. I went there to be a TV weatherman, uh, and it didn't work out. Um, I couldn't pass physics, so uh, that, that, that was... a that was a no go. Um, you have to apparently know physics to to, to read the to do the weather on TV. And uh, shout out to all the people that do it because uh, that that was too hard for me. Uh, I am not a math magician either, but I still know the weather and I still know how to. I, I have a sling psychrometer at home for those of you meteorologists playing along at home. So we're gonna talk about the weather for a second. It's a beautiful day outside. First thing you do to check the weather, you stick your head out the window. Thank you, Dr. Isaac at Ohio University for teaching me that in meteorology class. Uh, and if you stick your head out the window right now, you're going to feel 70 degrees in Grand Rapids. And it's mostly sunny. It's a great day. There's hardly any breeze. Great day for you guys out in Holland listening on WHCC to listen. Um, listening in um, in my where I live, my neck of the woods. Get out on Lake Mac, take the boat out, go out and have a little nice cruise, watch the sunset tonight. going to be a beautiful night. Going to get down a little bit. Not, a bit, not as cold tomorrow morning. Get it down to 45 overnight. Tomorrow, another nice day. Uh, 72, a little bit warmer, a little bit cloudier tomorrow, a little bit more of a breeze. But again, it's October. You got to take the good weather while you can get it. So uh, hopefully, look, this show, you can stream it on your app. You can put it on your phone. You can you can take your car outside, roll the windows down, drive around and enjoy the rest of the show today. Uh, When we come back from break, we'll have Scott Bischoff from the Detroit Lions podcast. From Petoskey to Detroit, this show is huge. Imagine this. 
winning big at Soaring Eagle. And digging for gold every Friday in October for your chance to score up to $5,500 in cash for premium play. Hourly winners from 7 to 11 p.m. each week. And on October 28th, all the prizes turn to cash. See what you'll dig up only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway reimagined. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for the Grand Rapids Gold. They're the Denver Nuggets G League team coached by former NBA All-Star Andre Miller. And they'll be playing their home games in downtown Grand Rapids at Van Andel Arena. And the Gold's home opener in GR will be Thursday night, November 10th. If you need tickets, quick link, follow the Grand Rapids Gold on Twitter, Facebook, or just Google Grand Rapids Gold. Their home opener is on Thursday night, November 10th at Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. Celebrating Billy Joel, October 28th at DeVos Performance Hall in downtown GR. I'm in a New York state. Celebrate Billy Joel, America's Piano Man, 50 Years of Billy Joel, October 28th at DeVos Performance Hall in downtown GR. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com at MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, High School Sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Now, there's a producer who knows what's up. We go to commercial with me giving a weather report, and he comes back with Tornado of Souls from Megadeth. That, that, that's, that right there is why Brett Hayes is the best producer on the, on the, on the planet. That's, uh, that's something else, man. Uh, welcome back to The Huge Show. This is Jeff Risden from Lions Wire and Detroit Lions Podcast sitting in, and we are going to be joined now by another person who now bears the label of Detroit Lions Podcast, Mr. Scott Bischoff, who recently joined forces with us uh, on the on the Mighty Podcast and is doing some great work for us, Scott, it's great to have you on. Welcome. Thanks for having me on. We've become a Death Star, huh? Uh, we we are certainly working towards that. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So we are now one and three. We're looking at the juxtaposition of having the best offense in the league against the worst defense in the league. And I'm having trouble reconciling that. Like, should I be excited about the offense? Should I be, you know, throwing myself in Lake Michigan over the defense? Where are you at on balancing that? Oh, man. 
Um, it's a hard thing to balance. I, I mean, I think it is. <laughs> just like anything else, when things are great, it's fun to watch and, and it's cool to see how explosive they are and all those things. But um, by the same token, it's easy to watch and see how bad things are on defense. So, uh, and we tend to. I think we're just hardwired in, at times as fans of this team to be a little more focused and driven on what's going on, what's wrong or finding things that are wrong, uh, finding things that are looking wrong and focusing there. Uh, I mean, we could be hopeful at both of those things uh, in totality, if that makes sense. We can be, we can see the offense being super explosive and electric and doing all these things without very important parts of the offense and without and without Jamison Williams in the mix yet, uh, and see that there's hope for, and, and reasons to be very hopeful for for what they're doing, um, while understanding that what they're doing on defense is not good enough. So um, it is a hard thing to balance. Um, it's it's hard to understand it, even watching it on film, um, as, as I'm sure you know. It's there seems to be things that they're doing uh, defensively that don't make a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> There's an understatement. <laughs> yes, but all, but then having then taking a, a step back and looking at it and, and thinking, okay, this is why they're doing this. If they didn't, we'd be killing them for it. Um, I don't know if, I, if you need me to explain yeah, that. Yeah, can, like, you, can you go into detail on that? Because one of the things, we're, we're trying to, like, Dan Campbell has admitted that things need to change. And I'm curious, like, what, what would be one of the things that you would change to help the defense? So, I mean, there's a few things I would do immediately. Um, I would ask Charles Harris to play better. <laughs> First thing. Um, I would put Aiden Hutchinson in a two-point stance instead of, instead of with his hand in the dirt all the time. I think it's very widely known that he prefers standing up and rushing from a, a stand-up position. And I think burying him inside... Um, in a three-point stance, is is taking away some of his some of his strength, which is which is you know um, instincts and um, his hand usage is so quickness. good on the outside, and you're taking that away it, when you're making him raise that hand up. It gives the defender that or the the blocker that much more time to to prepare for him. It actually makes the hand so when he's outside. I think the shorter arms are are actually uh, good for him the way he uses them. But when you're inside, it takes it negates that it takes it away. So so you're you're taking away that inside swipe move that he loves so much, and you're making him a little more uncomfortable. So I mean I would so those uh, the pass rush wise that's where I would I would I would look. Um, I think what Aaron Glenn's doing is gener- is trying to j- is manufacture pass uh, pass rush and pressure by blitzing in uh, like non-conventional ways, blitzing uh, linebackers, corners, safeties, that kind of stuff. It's super aggressive. Um, when you do that, you're asking for the players in the back end of your defense to kind of hang man-to-man against, uh, at least this week. I mean, that's what it looked like. They would just all-out blitz, and in the back end, you're playing man-to-man. Uh, somebody's manning up Metcalf. Good luck. Somebody's manning up Lot uh, Tyler Lockett. Same thing. Good luck. Like these are those are good receivers. But I think the reason why they're doing it is because they understand that they're not going to generate pass rush traditionally and conventionally. So it's frustrating that they're doing the things they're doing and they're vacating huge parts of the field 
um, knowing that they're not going to get pressure in, in a conventional way, but then taking a step back, thinking, okay, if they didn't do that and they gave Geno Smith seven seconds, whatever, five to seven seconds in, in a pocket to just hang in there and find somebody open, they're going to get torched that way too. Yeah, and so, we, we see that like Amani or asking Amani Arawaye to cover anybody for more than three seconds, it ain't going to happen. And and yeah, so if I mean we'd be having a conversation right now about if if Aaron Glenn just played super conservative and and had played in coverage across the board and rushed four and never got home, you and I would be screaming right now. How about some blitzing? So. But somewhere in the middle, there is a fine line of all right, you blitz too much, you probably be, be uh, you probably became a little too reliant upon it. Obviously, Seattle saw it on film and took advantage of it. So, I mean, that's that's the answer. You, you, yeah, you, you kind of uh, you know you exposed your hand and you kind of kept going back to that hand, and it, it beat them. So, I mean, that's I, I guess. I mean, what, that's, those are the things that I would do. Is I would, I would choose to find a way, and I'm not, saying, I'm not saying they can even do this, but find a way to get some more traditional pass rush. Uh, I think you can get that with Hutchinson, moving him a little more outside and getting him standing up. That doesn't even mean that Hutchinson's played poorly, and I think there is a narrative out there that he has. Yeah, uh, I, and I'd agree. And and like I I did. I'm doing the film review, and it will be up at Lions Wire tomorrow morning of of my breakdown of his game. I thought he actually played pretty well, considering the circumstances that are going on around him. Um, and one of those circumstances, and I want to ask you about this: Michael Brockers might be the worst defensive lineman in football right now. Um, is, is there any way that we can expect anything more out of him, or is, is it time to just turn the page on that? Uh, you know, I mean, I I think. Getting a guy like Josh Pascal, um, you know, off of IR or whatever it is that he's on um, after the bye helps to move on from Brockers. You know, I, I've liked Brockers' game for a very long time. It seems to it seems that there are, you know, even in the preseason there were there were times when he would just get washed down the line of scrimmage where it's just like he's just not he's not winning his gap. Um, Maybe injuries have caught up. I don't really know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, their interior – Aleem McNeil has been great. Um, yes, he has. I'm glad you Buck mentioned has been that. really, really good. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I think Hutchinson's played better than, than a lot of people think. We have to remember he's a rookie. If you look at his pass rush win rates, I, I think he's ahead of a lot of premier pass rushers when they were in their rookie years. Uh, it doesn't seem like it, but I think he is he he is winning more. I, I think if we were to just chart the double teams where, where he's you know he's seeing double because Charles Harris is just not winning, um, I think we'd be surprised at how, at how much he's getting doubled um, and still somehow managing to get a little bit of pressure here and there. Uh, I mean he's squeezing, he's close. It's just it's just not finishing right now, but. But I think the nuts and bolts of the entire thing is the Lions uh, and their and their coaching staff know that they are not generating pressure with their front four. Um, I would say, I mean, if we're looking ahead at the draft, finding an interior pass rusher with quickness is a is a premium for them. Uh, kicking Pascal inside, I think, and leaving Hutchinson maybe. I mean, I think about the idea of playing Pascal inside and Hutchinson wide on the same side of the ball. 
I like what that. that can do. I like right? that. And, and we saw when John Kaminsky was in the game and healthy, he made a positive yeah. impact. He was he was a he's a great facilitator for a guy like Hutchinson because he's going to seal the, the 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 edge on a twist or a stunt, and he knows exactly how to handle it. And they they've clearly missed him, and yeah. he he should be back after the bye. We're going to see Pascal after the the bye. He should be. Um, it sounds like he's going to be. Um, the, they're going to start the clock tomorrow on, on on him to return from PUP. You have three weeks to bring him back. Uh, expect both him and Jerry Jacobs to be back after the break, and that's going to help too. Getting Jerry Jacobs into the game. Um, but can, where do you, what? Do you, how much do you think those those guys coming in can make an impact or a positive impact? I should say. Well, uh, Pascal's going to be kind of touch and go just because he's a rookie, and it, it, you know the core injury thing is is a tough thing to recover from, especially right away. It, it just is. Um, I think as a, as a situational player, um, in certain at certain times, yeah, he can be very helpful. Just don't. I wouldn't count on him for a ton of snaps and a ton of you know a ton of volume production right away. Um, Jacobs is a different story. I think once Jacobs gets gets you know his feet under him which i think happens very quickly for a guy like that uh the question then becomes is who goes inside like i think jacobs and, and akuda are your outside corners um yeah. yeah i mean some of uh, back to the game plan um asking jeff akuda to bully dk metcalf at the line of scrimmage the way he did <laughs> to justin jefferson is a losing proposition it yeah. just is and Okuda, you know, Okuda's been great, but that's Okuda's not been awesome. that's not what you can do with it. like you're not gonna you're not you're not going to press DK Metcalf and like that's a bug on a windshield you can't do it. I, yes, yeah. And so this is where like the loss of Tracy Walker is such a huge thing. So you you eliminate. I mean, you know, if you're not playing this split zone looks, the two high looks, you're. You're essentially saying that so before Tracy Walker gets hurt, the Lions are about about half the time. It's like forty forty percent of the time they're in cover one, cover three. Fifty percent of the time they're in that split zone look, and then about ten percent it's cover zero. So losing losing, and I don't know exactly what it looked like this week, but losing Tracy Walker means I think you have a hard time deploying the split zone stuff. Uh, which means you have to go to your cover one, cover three man looks in the back end, a lot of single high, and you're just you're you're lacking playmaking ability. Yeah, and, and you, and you your your Kirby high Joseph. safety back there is rookie Kirby Joseph making his defensive debut. It's that, good that, luck. Just not not a good matchup against a, a team that offers. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett has has good pass catching tight ends. We didn't even know Colby Parkinson existed. Now uh, now he's he's apparently yeah. an all star. Will Disley? Yeah, I mean they have. It's, it's, it was it was a very bad matchup, and the injuries. Um, yeah, I, I don't expect them to change all that much this week. It's a. I mean, obviously, it's a significantly better matchup against New England. It's, they don't have DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, but I think coming out of the bye, you're going to see them a little bit more um, conservative and just in 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 zone looks in the back end of their defense while. Doing everything they can to generate a little pass rush in other ways um, doesn't mean that it's going to be super effective, but it, but it also I mean maybe you get off the field, you know, uh, here and there you, once. You, you, can you, you, get, yeah, can you get them I mean, to punt once? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and it's you know I think we all just need to kind of take a deep breath on where they are. Um, this is a this was a bad defense last year. 
production-wise, point-scoring-wise, it was. Um, you're missing big pieces. Tracy Walker. The loss of Tracy Walker is bigger than I think a lot of people think at this point because that split zone stuff allowed them to play. You know, dep- depending on what teams did lining up, it allowed them to play. You know, a little man on one side of the field, a little zone on the other side of the field. It's, that can be somewhat confusing for quarterbacks. Um, it allows them to match up a little better. I mean, you know, think about just how you would have handled uh, Lockett and Metcalf. Um, my guess is you would roll a safety over the top of Metcalf and you would have pressed Lockett with, with Akuda. And I'm not saying, a, a, you know, Akuda would have lit up Lockett like he did with with McLaurin or Devonta Smith or, or, or uh, Jefferson, but I think your chances of winning in those situations are a little better. But without Tracy Walker and with Kirby Joseph on the field, it just changes the, the ability for you to do those things. Then um, it didn't seem like Glenn – it didn't seem like he really changed their game plan much and just threw the rookie out, you know, to the wolves. Yeah, and, that, and, and that's something that they, and I, and then this is where the juxtaposition comes in is because we've seen Ben Johnson adapt the offensive game plans to suit the personnel that he's got. Like, they're not asking Dan Skipper to be Jonah Jackson, they're asking him to be the best Dan Skipper that he can be. Sure. And, it, and it's working. And I, I just, it's so it, it it's it's banging your head into the into the dashboard, man. Of like, why can't Aaron Glenn see that? And it's that that's why we're all frustrated. To me, I think it's a lot easier to do things on offense. Um, it, it's a lot easier to dictate the terms of what you're doing on offense than it is on defense, especially when you have Taylor Decker and Penny Sewell. Uh, you know what I mean? When you have Frank Rag now, you can. It, it's it's a little easier to run the ball with those guys. It's a little easier to keep yourself <laughs> in good down and distance. Yeah, and, and, and they're doing that. They're doing a great job of it. They are, and I just think that you know this. The defense looks like they're not playing with confidence. They know that they're having a hard. That you know, I mean, I, I would. I'm sure Aiden Hutchinson will tell you right now that he needs to be better. That he needs to get more pressure. He's doing everything he can. He's, it's not that he's not putting out effort. It's just you know. There's only so much you can do. I, I, you know, the other part of it, too, is you look at Charles Cross and you look at Abraham Lucas, and, and those guys are playing really well for rookies. They are, they and, really and that's something, are. and this is something that I talk about. I'm talking with Scott Bischoff here from the Detroit Lions podcast, and you know him from a lot of places. Scott, Scott is one of the best uh, Lions minds and draft minds. That's actually how we commiserate together is by talking draft. Um, we're going to leave that out a little bit today, mail. though. Yeah, um, <laughs> we, we will. We'll have plenty of that coming up uh, over the next few months. Uh, yes. By the way, the uh, the Rams draft pick is looking a little bit better for the Lions, isn't it? I know that's the under the undersold story of of uh, the season so far. Yeah, it's it's nice. It is. Um, real quick, so you talked about you talked about adding an interior defensive pass rusher. Um, what else were you looking at as? Prime draft priorities. Obviously, it's a long ways away. We still have what 14, 15, 13 games to go. I can't. Yeah, I can't yeah. do the math with the seventeen game schedule. It's it's just not natural. But uh, where else yeah. are you looking for places that the Lions should be considering with their first two, three draft picks? Well, um, clearly on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I think that you know obviously you need you need more pass rush you need more you need more disruption and and it's as simple as that disruption is production so uh, looking at a player like Jalen Carter from Georgia um, I know everybody loved uh, the Georgia D-line dudes last year everybody did but to me the best Georgia defensive lineman is in the draft this year 
and that's Jalen Carter. And that he's a monster inside. He really is. Now, I don't think you're in a situation where you you where you're really going to get to him. I mean, I mean, you know, if they continue to struggle like this on defense, maybe, maybe. But the idea of having uh, a player lined up as a three technique, you know, next to next to Ali McNeil, and just getting into the backfield immediately, commanding double teams, opening up the defensive end to win one on one is huge. So. You know, I think that's that's a an area that you'd have to address. Um, I know the Lions like their linebacking core going into the season, and uh, you know, f- for good reason they should love they should love what Rodriguez is giving them. But you still need you need more. Definitely. You know, and then it's it's uh, it's filling out the back end of that defense with talent and playmaking ability, and and then you know, ultimately. I mean, what's going to happen with Onzerike? Is he going to is he going to come back? I mean, you know, the, there, the there's back, a there's a question. There's a question that nobody seems to want to touch. Uh, Dan Campbell yeah. talked about it just a little bit this week and said, uh, uh, "Don't expect him anytime soon." Um, I read that as "Don't expect him this year." That's just my thought on it. That's a significant. So to me, I read the exact same thing, Jeff, and I think he's probably going to have back surgery to try to fix this. It's a huge loss because that's that's your three tech that you were that you're kind of depending on to be more disruptive than than McNeil, while being able to you know to to handle gap responsibility and all that stuff. Uh, it's just it's a giant loss. It um, really is, and and it's unfortunate yeah. because we you and I saw him at the Senior Bowl dominate for the one day before he hurt his back there. Back this is back in 2019. Uh, it's 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 no, frustrating. When he's on, man. When he's on, he's on. But uh, he ain't, he ain't gonna be on the field for a while. Scott, yeah. I, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you were my first guest of the day, so you get special privilege for that. Um, what do you got coming up with the Detroit Lions podcast this week? So we have a uh, we're going to have a game preview on Friday morning, um, the New England game, and following that, next week we'll have a game wrap up kind of thing. Um, so that's what we're going to have weekly. We're going to have two, at least two uh, little videos that you can find, and uh, they'll be out on Twitter and check them out. Awesome. Scott Bischoff, everybody, from the Detroit Thanks, Lions Jeff. podcast. Thanks so much for coming in, Scott. It's good, good to talk yeah. to you. Yep. Love that guy. Um, last time I saw him was, in person was at a Metallica concert at Comerica Park. So uh, he, he always uh, it offers great insight and, and a lot of fun. Check the videos out at Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, search it on YouTube, as, as the huge one likes to say. Um, and you will hear me there uh, tomorrow night on the Detroit Lions podcast. I'm Jeff Risden with the Lions Wire and the DLP. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more Lions and maybe maybe a little Pistons, too. Opt in to the huge text chain. Text HUGE to 21000. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 bonuses when you sign up through the BetMGM Refer a Friend program. Hey, this is Matt Shepard. Just sign in in your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with 
with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credits expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. If finding low prices on family favorites, fresh produce, pharmacy, pet supplies, home, and sporting goods is tripping you up, shop Meyer, where one trip saves you lots of trips. Plus, save just for making the trip. Meyer credit card holders get 10 cents off every gallon at Meyer gas stations. Or use home delivery and get the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in store or online. Get more for your money at Meyer, where all you need is just a trip away. Subject to credit approval, terms and conditions apply. See details at Meyer.com slash credit card. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on the Michigan Sports Network. Normally you hear Bill Simonson, the huge one, at this time. I'm filling in for him today. This is Jeff Risden from Lions Wire and the Detroit Lions podcast taking over for Bill for a day. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more Lions in the next hour. We're going to have Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit joining us uh, at the top of the next hour. And uh, then my my good friend Mark Schofield from Pro Football Network will be joining us to break down the Patriots a little bit. But uh, we got something. We got a little basketball going on. Basketball season starts tonight. The Detroit Pistons preseason kicks off tonight or tips off tonight. I'm still in football mode. They tip off tonight against the New York Knicks. Look, I may not be the world's biggest Pistons fan, but I can absolutely root against the New York Knicks. That's a very easy sell. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm excited about these Pistons, man. We get to see Jaden Ivey come out tonight, see the new look Cade Cunningham. He's apparently packed on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle this season. Look, Cade just turned 21. Ivey's 20. I, I, I fell in love with Ivey's game at Purdue. I'm fascinated to see how those two work. You got Bogdanovich coming in, a, a, a big who can shoot threes. Uh, there, there's a lot to like, you know, we're going to get our first look tonight in, in real game action of Killian Hayes and his modified jump shot. Uh, he's probably changed the form quite a bit. He seems at Pistons media day last week. He was very excited to show off his new shot. So we're going to see how that plays out. Uh, it, it, look, preseason basketball, it's crazy that the NBA is coming up on us this fast. Uh, they have another game Friday night. Their first home game is next Tuesday. Uh, they host the Pelicans when you can see the uh, new and hopefully improved 
Uh, Zion Williamson, before he gets hurt again, that might be a very hot ticket to get. Got to check that out while you still can. Yeah, this, this is a Pistons team. This is going to be a fun team to watch. And generally, in, like when we're talking about the, the Detroit sports rebuilds, I'm not even going to talk about the Tigers. I, I, I couldn't name a player on the team. Uh, I don't do baseball, period. But like the Red Wings are, are coming along. Like you see where they're at. And, and the Lions are like maybe half a season behind where the Red Wings are in terms of like climbing up the ladder. Um, hopefully the Lions will get climbed past them soon. But, you know, Red Wings will be all right this year, I think. But then the Pistons. This is a fun. There's a there's potential for this team to be a lot of fun. Uh, watching Cade develop and, and how he and Ivy interplay, how they're going to work with Isaiah Stewart, who I just I'd beef stew man. You got to love that guy. That guy. There's just so much to like about it. I, I, I'm I'm very I'm legitimately excited to watch this it's on TNT tonight at seven o'clock. Uh, the opening tip off of the Detroit Pistons preseason, um, and uh, if you will find if you're at Casa del Risen tonight, that game will be on. In my basement uh, man cave there. We'll be, we'll be watching all of that. So when we come back, we're going to get back into Lions football, all the the, the fun and glory of it. Uh, we'll have Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit joining us. Uh, once again, this is Jeff Risen from the Lions Wire Detroit Lions podcast, sitting in for huge today. Enjoy the rest of this sunny afternoon, folks. Big. Bad. Huge. is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino Casino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. All right, we are back on the Michigan Sports Network. This is not the huge one. This is, well, I'm bigger than Bill, but don't tell him that. This is Jeff Risen from the Lions Wire, Detroit Lions podcast. I'm bigger than most people. I'm, I'm not a small guy. Uh, filling in for huge today. He's off uh, enjoying the nice weather outside. Uh, we are back talking a little bit of Lions, and we're going to, we're, you know what? We're going we're gonna to bring the guests on right away because uh, this guy, friend of mine, colleague of mine, um, people like to play us off as competitors, but neither one of us see it that way. We love like talking and hanging. So uh, Jeremy Reisman, the producer, new title for uh, the Pride of Detroit, is joining us now. And Jeremy, thanks for joining me. And uh, maybe you can help me out on this a little bit. I'm conflicted. Like we got the highest scoring offense. That's great. We got the <laughs> yeah. worst defense. That's awful. Like. Where's where should I feel? How, how where where's your balance on that? Well, I, I guess having one good thing is better than having zero good things, which I feel like is is pretty much how we felt in Detroit for a very long time. So I guess on that end, I, I feel okay. And 
I, I think I'm one of the rare people that still believe Aaron Glenn is a very good football coach and a very smart football coach. So I think I feel actually kind of okay, at least compared to where I think most Lions fans are, because there's been a lot of doom and gloom in the past 48 hours. Well, you lose to Seattle in the manner that they did, and that's going to happen. Uh, Geno Smith sure. lights you up. But uh, uh, I, I've come up with some things that I think may be able to help fix the defense. Do you have any like great ideas of how Aaron Glenn can prove to you that, that you're right, that he is, in fact, a good football coach? Well, I, I think the things he has to answer for are being a good play caller, um, because, again, that's that's pretty new for him, right? Like The reason why he got the – all the acclaim that he got is because he's a good position coach. He's a, he's a guy who can make players better at the position at their position, specifically in the secondary. And I think that is his strong suit play calling still is, is a big question mark for him. And I think the problem that really showed up on, on Sunday against the Seahawks was predictability. Um, this is a team that's been very, very aggressive on third down and everyone knows it's coming. And so Geno Smith said after the game, like, yeah, I checked out of a couple plays into that draw play that, that, you know, gained 16 or that went for 26 on a third and 16. And, and so I, I think he just needs to do a better job of mixing things up because this is a team that has, I, is, I think is in man coverage more so than anyone else. They're blitzing at a top five rate. And so I, I understand some of that is just dealing with limitations. You know, you can't really trust your secondary to cover for five seconds. So you need to get pressure somehow. And the front four isn't doing it on its own. Um, so there's a little bit of desperation in what he's doing, but even then you can mix it up a little bit. And I think that's what he needs to do. Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit joining us here on the huge show. Uh, you, you brought up, you know, he's new to the play calling. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll go off, off schedule here a little bit. He's a guy, Aaron Glenn is a guy that's had head coaching interviews and has brought up a lot as a guy who's going to be a head coach at some point. And this is a conversation, you and I have had this conversation like off the air, like behind the scenes. The the coaching role of being a head coach is very different. Like being a good coordinator does not necessarily equate that you're going to be a good head coach. Um, do you see in his case that maybe not being a good defensive coordinator doesn't necessarily mean he won't be a good head coach? Does that make sense? Yeah, no. And that's exactly what I've kind of been thinking behind the scenes and, and kind of developing my own theory on that. Because, yeah, I think so. Because... I mean, you look at Dan Campbell, and I know he's better X's and O's than, than most people give him credit for, but he's delegating those things because he's a good motivator, because he's a good guy that, that, that can get the right people in the right places. And, yeah, I think Aaron Glenn could very much still be a head coaching candidate if teams are willing to look past some of the defensive performances. And I get, that's really the big question, right, is how many you know general managers and owners out there are, are willing to look beyond some of that um, surface-level stuff. And I know maybe Lions fans don't think having a horrible defense is surface-level stuff, um, but but you're right in that being a head coach is is much more about you know team camaraderie and 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 hiring the right people. And I'm telling you, Aaron, Aaron Glenn's a smart guy, and and if he can find someone he trusts to call the defense and and develop weekly game plans and, and call the plays um, where you know he recognizes his own weakness. And another thing that Dan Campbell is is very capable of doing is recognizing his own weaknesses and, and letting someone else take care of that. And I, I think Aaron Glenn would probably be the same kind of person there. So, yeah, I think I, I don't want to say no matter what happens this year on the defensive side of the ball, I think Aaron Glenn is still a head coach. But uh, I don't think so far anything has done and anything has really decreased his chances overall, um, if, at least if, in my mind, as, as being a, a viable head coach in candidate. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm with you on that. That's it, it's it's a conversation we're going to have to keep entertaining, and you know we're going to have to have it about Deuce Staley, um, the assistant head coach, at some point. 
Um, that's the good side of the ball right now. Let's let's talk about the offense for a little bit. It's humming along, man. 45 points. You're going to win like 99.7% of your games if you score 45 points. They did it without Amon Ra. They did it, did it without uh, uh, DJ Shark. They did it without DeAndre Swift. Um, first off, you're, you've been in, in the building. What's the general mood on any of those guys coming back for week five? And also just like, my God, how do they keep finding ways to replace these guys like on the fly and, and succeeding? Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of that credit, I think, goes to Ben Johnson. But to answer your first question there on, on who might be back this week, I, I feel like Swift is, is pretty firmly out, if, I, if, you know, if I'm reading things correctly there. Right. Um, there's, there's really no reason to rush him back at this point. And, you know, they, they got that bye week next week. So I think they're, you know, with an ankle sprain, you, you want to give that as much rest as you possibly can. And obviously the Lions running game has been pretty darn good with Jamal Williams. So no reason to rush him back there. Um, Amon Rod to me is, is more of a toss up at this point because one that dude's a beast and he's going to he's going to do everything he can to be out there on the field and and it just seems like his, his injury is, is maybe a little less severe um, but to, to go to how they keep making it work and yeah I mean I, I don't want to decrease Jared Goff's uh, you know role in all of this because he's doing a great job kind of he's been good man long. He, he's been good and and I think maybe one of the most surprising things about his game is. Um, being able to navigate the pocket because that was something he was just got awful at last year. And even the first couple games of this season, I was like, yeah, he's still trying to do that spin thing that isn't working and Ugh. taking maybe some unnecessary sacks, but he's gotten out of a couple messes here and, and kept his eyes downfield and, and made a couple big plays there. So, um, you know, I, I do think the Lions' offensive skill positions are just a little bit deep. I mean, a lot deeper than they were last year. They're basically dealing with what they were dealing with last year. And now Jared Goff, kind of has that rap, you know, that rapport with, with guys like Khalif Raymond, with guys like Josh Reynolds, with guys like Quintus Cephas, even though he suffered an injury. And, and in, a, in a lot of ways, TJ Hawkinson just kind of fills the void left by Amon Ra as that guy that he can trust up the middle to throw it at, 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 any, at any point in any place. So um, it, it's really remarkable. And, and really the thing I, I go back to on, on Sunday is, there were so many times in that game where it's just like, oh, okay, well, this is this is where the game blows open, right? You know, oh, Jared Goff throws a, a pick six. Well, game's over. Now they're going to lose by 20. Oh, that, you know, the, the refs make them redo a third down and they score a touchdown that, well, the game's over. Well, it was never over. The Lions offense kept them in that game. They kept bringing them back to the brink. And if they recover that onside kick, which they were pretty darn close to, they probably win that game. So uh, it, it's really close. kind of remarkable. Yeah, it was, it's it's remarkable how much the offense kept them in that game in the business in a game that they probably had no business in staying in. Yeah, and and you know you see like you have your your kick kicker making his Detroit debut, missing two <laughs> extra points. Um, his onside kick was actually pretty nice, and uh, the officials um, it was so nice that the officials threw a flag even though there wasn't a penalty on it. Have you ever seen a game <laughs> where two flags have been waved off by the referee? That that was crazy to me. Yeah, that was bizarre, and it, it took a long discussion. They took long discussions about everything, and in in some ways, I almost prefer that because, like, listen, you have a discussion. If if someone throws a, fra- a flag and you go up to him and says, "I didn't see it that way," and you have a discussion and get the call right, sure, fine, that's great. Um, but when it happens four or five times a game, it's just like, okay, it, it feels like this. You know, this officiating staff has never actually officiated a game together. What's what's going on? There's there's no cohesion. Everyone is seeing the game differently, and and then by the time, you know, that, that third down redo thing happens, it's just like, okay, the wheels are falling off here. Someone needs to get it together and, and, and make this game hum along. 
Yeah, I still don't understand what all happened there. And the explanation that we got from referee Clay Martin just did, did, didn't 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 do it for me. Uh, but uh, hopefully we won't we won't see him again for a while. Um, and, and Seahawks games with the Lions, as we know, always have a little bit of controversy. Remember 2015 and KJ Wright betting the ball out of the back of the end zone. Oh, thanks for that. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, now we're now we're both shaking in anger. Uh, Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit joining me. Uh, Jeremy, uh, we we can we heard this week Levi Anzarike doesn't sound like Dan Campbell expects him to be back anytime soon. What's your read on the situation there? Uh, I have my theories, but you, you've been in the building. I haven't been in the building since uh, the the final day of training camp. So I'm curious what your vibe pulse is on, on what's going on with Levi Owen and also if there's any thought on on what's going on with Josh, pa- Josh Pascal, it sounds like his clock's going to get started so we maybe have a, a good news bad news type situation there yeah yeah I mean even when the question was brought up about Levi you could just you could see Dan take like a big sigh and he wanted he, to say more did he not he, yeah it, it seemed like it um but it, he's just it, I don't know if he's tired of talking about it or he's just frustrated by the whole situation or depressed by the whole situation, but it is not good. And I, I keep telling Lions fans that at, at this point, anything that you get out of Levi, one single game you get out of Levi is above expectations at this point. Um, because I think, you know, back injuries are what they are. And considering the Lions started really optimistic this off season, about where he was about how he was getting his strength back and how that immediately, immediately when it went, it went away, when he gets injured on the first day of padded practice um, and just no movement since. Just no improvement since then. It's been what? It's been it's been six three, weeks three since months? then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We were we were there. Like like, how did he, we didn't even see the mechanism for how he got hurt. He just sort of like wandered off after a rep. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so I I mean I, I don't want to call a guy's career a year and a half in, but but like I said, I I just think expectations at this point are you're not going to see that guy for a very long time, maybe not ever. Like I I, I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't expect him to play this season and. With a back injury that that seems so easily reaggravated at this point, um, anything you get out of that guy is, is, is a bonus at this point. But um, to bring it to Josh Passwell, it does seem like it's it's headed in a in a really good direction there. Um, Dan Campbell said, you know, he pretty much expects to activate him this week. We'll see him practice tomorrow um, if things go as planned. And then, yeah, the Lions have that 21 day window then to to decide whether to activate him or shut him down for the season. No reason to expect that they're going to shut him down for the season. They could certainly use the help on the defensive front. Um, but he did say on the radio this morning that it's probably going to be a couple weeks. They're not just going to throw him in there, which makes sense. He hasn't practiced since OTAs. He's a rookie. <laughs> There's a lot for him to learn in a very small amount of time to get him ready. So, um, you know, I maybe circle that, that Dolphins game right after the Cowboys game is maybe his first one. I, I can live with that. You know, that that's progress. By then we'll have John Kaminsky back. We could actually have a, a, a full defensive line at some point. That'd be, that'd be nice. Ryan, right? That, I mean, that was the whole idea, right? It, it, a lot, I know um, Brett Holmes has come under a lot of fire, but the, 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 I think the plan was solid. He, he built up a, a really strong, deep defensive line. It's just he seemed to ignore some of those injury issues that, that have now started to bite him. And he's also gotten unlucky. I mean, Romeo's injury is, is, is unlucky. And um, I would even say Pascal's injury is maybe a little bit unlucky, even though that's a re-aggravation from something he was dealing with at Kentucky. So a um, little bit of bad luck, but hopefully by the end of the season we, we get to see what – maybe the full picture looked like, but that's of course uh, assuming that everyone else stays healthy until then. And, and we know that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> that, that, that just hasn't happened. And, and losing Tracy Walker was such a devastating blow. Uh, he, he was, if, if 
for those of you who don't like pay attention to the secondary as much, except when they're getting beat, Tracy was the glue guy. Like he was the guy that made sure yeah. that everybody was where they needed to be. Um, and now you're asking Kirby Joseph and, and like Deshaun Elliott, that's not really what he does. Um, he's good at what he does, but that's not what he does. So that that's a yeah. loss. Um, I'm curious. I haven't broken down Kirby's game yet. What did what did you see from the rookie in his first start there? Yeah, I, I, I think it was actually mostly positive, and I know most Lions fans probably just remember that that first drive where um, that was know, not he good. Gives up the, he gives up the touchdown, but even in that play itself, like he's in the right position. It's just I think it's just a you know a learning lesson, like when to put your arms up and and, and look for the ball. He even turned his head on that play too. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think he's he's starting to settle in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's going to be a while. There's still a lot of communication breakdowns. I think him and Amani had had a play where, where one of them was wrong. It's hard to, to really know without knowing the play call there. But w- with so many kind of cycling names through the secondary, the, the, the communication, like you said, not having Tracy Walker there as the, as the glue. And I even asked Deshaun Elliott yesterday, like, who's going to step up and kind of be that, that vocal guy in the secondary to, to, to be almost like the, the, the quarterback of, of the defense and. He didn't say, well, not me, but he also kind of said not me because he's more, you know. Yeah, that's, that's not it, what he does. <laughs> right. It, it seems like there's a lot of guys on this defense who are really the lead by example type, which is great. Like, you can have those kind of guys, but you need a vocal guy, and I just don't know who it is right now anywhere on that defense, let alone just the secondary. So I think that's something that the lines really, they, they really need kind of this vocal, passionate guy and. I, I, maybe it's Michael Brockers, but the way he's been playing on the field, I'm not sure he's going to be out there on the field much longer. Any anyway, so I hope not, man. He's been bad, dude. <laughs> yeah, and and that's another thing. Dan Campbell let slip this this morning that that John Kaminsky, their their undrafted uh, rookie guy on uh, defensive tackle, sounds like he's going to get activated this week, and, and instead of being an inactive for the first four weeks, so maybe he brings a little spark to uh, the interior pass rush that has basically been gone. Um, since, I don't know, not making two days. Um, that, that's, so. uh, that's encouraging. <laughs> uh, by, by the way, um, there's a lot of people that bug you and I both. Sign Sue. Uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, uh, they don't have the money. Uh, Sue probably doesn't have much interest in coming to a one and three team at this point in his career. Uh, not not a good fit at all. Yeah, uh, but that's you know that that that's the fun part of our job is is answering the questions that uh, are fairly easily shot down. Talking with Jeremy Reisman here from Pride of Detroit. This is Jeff Risen with Lions Wire, and uh, people like to to pit us against each other because we work for uh, technically rival sites. Uh, I don't see it that way. I, I think there's plenty of, of room in the world for, for both of us and all of the, the great people that cover the lions. Uh, wanted to, wanted to get your opinion on something. Jamison Williams, just yeah. how much is his, I, I expect him to return. My thought is, is he will be back for the Dallas game. Um, if not, then, then certainly Miami after that. Just how much? How much do you think he brings, and and how much do we see of him right away? Do they do they spoon feed him in, or do they you know throw him out there and say, hey, defend this guys? Yeah, it's an interesting question because you know Dan was talking about all those guys on the reserve injury list, and he he almost skipped over Jamison in a way where it was just, I, a lot of people were wondering, is he is he not going to be back right away? And I, I think it might be a little bit later than than you're expecting, but not much. Okay. Like I, I think I think. Early November, maybe towards Thanksgiving, I, I think is realistic. There, they, they've really been taking their time with him, but you know we're, we're all starting to see the Instagram videos of him cutting. And even before Sunday's game, he was out there cutting on the on at Ford Field a little bit. So I, I think he's getting very, very close. As to his immediate impact, like 
I, I mean, I'm, I, it's hard to imagine an offense scoring, you know, an average of 35 points a game reaching another level, but he, he can really do so much. The Lions really haven't connected on a lot of deep shots yet, and so he obviously brings that to the table. And once they start hitting on that, well, then now the defense is going into two deep shells, and there's going to be a ton of stuff open up underneath, which means you're, you're getting Amon Ra and, and, and TJ involved, and it's, it's taking people out of the box, which means your, your running game is getting even better than it is. So, I, I mean, he really rises all boats when he's out there, and obviously a lot of this is all – really all of it is theoretical at this point. Um, but once him and, and Goff kind of get on the same level, which might take some time, right? Like, right. The, the guys haven't they, – they haven't thrown at each other at full speed yet, period. Um, so that's why – you know, I think I think they'll probably take it a little bit slow once they activate him. Maybe not give him a full set of reps every every single week. But um, I, I really, it, there's a reason why they spent so much draft capital on this guy because he really does make everyone around him better. Yeah, and I I, I kind of like the idea of having him debut against Buffalo on Thanksgiving at home. That 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 I like. That. That'd be great. That that that's yeah. fun. Uh, get you out of here on this last question. We got the Patriots this week and. There are still quite a few guys who were coached by their offensive. He's not their coordinator, but Matt Patricia runs their offense. How's the sense in the building of the guys who were here during that time? Is there like extra incentive? Are they like chomping at the bit to get back at him, or or, or you know just the general vibe of the guys? Like Tracy Walker's obviously out, but like there's guys that were here when he was here, and now he's gone, and they're very happy that he's gone. Is is that like a big thing for them this week? Or are they trying to downplay that? I think they're going to try to downplay it mostly. Um, there, there really isn't as many uh, leftovers as, as probably you'd think. Um, I, I think you're right that Tracy Walker would probably be the, the he would be the most that, most likely to try to rub it in. <laughs> yeah, um, and unfortunately, you won't get that opportunity. But um, but yeah, no, I think the the Lions uh, they they really try to avoid talking about that. Um, that era as much as possible and, and not in a way that's, that's necessarily disrespectful or, or trying to ignore what happened, but um, almost in a way that's just like, yeah, we're, we're past that. Like we're, we don't want to be petty. We, we, we have our own identity now. We don't need to identify ourselves as, as people who were, you know, mistreated by this regime. We're, we're, we're treated fine now and that's, what's important. So let's focus on the here and now. And, and I think that makes a lot of sense, but, yeah, you know, behind the scenes, there are definitely some guys that are like, we got to stick to this guy, like a hundred percent. Like you don't forget about someone who, I mean, l- let's be honest, this guy ruined some, some NFL players careers and, and some absolutely that, that have, have absolutely not recovered from it since. So, um, yeah, there's, there's going to be some undercurrent, uh, with, with a few of these guys, but I think for the most part, they're going to downplay it all week. Yeah, that's that. that yeah, that, that's certainly burning the soul. And and by the way, uh, the Patriots did just sign Jamie Collins today. So uh, old old friend that we can uh, like, and he's replacing Jelani Tavai in the lineup in New England. It's it's like we're, we're living the same nightmare all over again. <laughs> Jeremy, it's been great to have you on. Thanks for joining me, Jeremy Reisman from Pride to Right. Please check his stuff out. He's got a very talented staff of writers under him. Uh, I'm personally a huge fan of Alex Reno. I love that guy. Um, keep cranking out the good time content, and I will see you soon, uh, perhaps next week um, before the bye. We get out of here. So uh, thanks for joining me, Jeremy. Um, yeah, no problem, Jeff. Appreciate you reaching out. Jeremy Reisman from Pride to Detroit, giving us a little bit of lowdown on what's going on with the Detroit Lions. Uh, some optimism there, a little bit of darkness too with uh, some of the, the injuries that are going on, but uh, always good to talk to Jeremy. When we come back on the huge show across Michigan, 
uh, from the the lovely 96.1 The Game Studios here in Grand Rapids, where we're originating from. You're hearing us all over the state. We're going to talk a little bit more Lions. We will uh, also talk a little bit more about the Patriots in depth with uh, Mark Schofield, a uh, good old friend of mine. If you know me, you know Mark very well. Uh, you will want, you will want to tune in for that. So uh, stay tuned. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. And hunting for bucks is your chance to win premium play. $15,000 cash and a 2023 Polaris Ranger. Drawings are every Saturday in October, 7 to 11 p.m. And on October 29th, one winner drives off in a new Polaris Ranger with a $5,000 Cabela's gift card. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway, reimagined. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI's science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. Auto Value is a large Midwest-based company committed to the values of honesty and integrity in everything we do. From Detroit to Madison, Chicago to Marquette, when you shop at your local Auto Value Auto Parts store, you'll be assured of quality, service, and a huge selection of name brand products. And all available in-store or online at myautovaluestore.com. And as a convenience, we offer same-day in-store pickup or convenient ship-to-home service. Now that's Auto Value. And thank you for shopping locally. Huge here for the Telemore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Now they're still looking for four-person teams for their annual Ironman tournament this Saturday at St. Ives. Challenging hole placements paired with food and beverage stations throughout the course. This is one of the best golf events of the year, and it's a thank you to all the great men and women who golf at the Telemore Golf Resort. So uh, get a foursome in. It's 90 bucks per golfer, 360 per foursome. That includes food and beverages. Uh, go to TellingmoreGolf.com. Uh, you can call and reserve your foursome. I'll be playing in that event on Saturday. It happens at uh, St. Ives. They put the tees back, challenging pin placements, and like I said, food and beverages throughout the course. So get a foursome in today, 90 bucks a golfer, 360 a team, cool prizes and everything. Easiest way, uh, you'll get the phone number. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back to the Huge Show across Michigan. I am not the huge one. This is Jeff Risen from Lions Wire and Detroit Lions Podcast sitting in for Bill today while he enjoys the nice weather outside. Hopefully he's doing something fun. Probably on the golf course. If I know, if I know Bill, I know he's on the golf course somewhere right now. Uh, tee him up and hit him straight, buddy. Let's get back into talking some more football. Uh, we're going to branch a little away from the Lions now, and we're going to talk a little bit more about their opponent this coming week, the New England Patriots, with my good old friend Mark Schofield. Mark just recently left Touchdown Wire. He's now with SB Nation. Um, I misidentified that earlier. That's my bad. But Mark, uh, Mark is one of the smartest people I know. He knows quarterbacks better than anybody. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pick Mark's brain here a little bit on uh, 
on what's going on in the land of uh, Bill Belichick. So, Mark, thanks for joining me. Uh, good to have you on. Oh, Jeff, always excited to chat football with you. Always fun. I'm very excited to talk about Baby Zappy. And if you would have told me, Jeff, there was a picture floating around during that game on Sunday that had the caption, starting Patriots quarterback Bailey Zappi sits down with his offensive team and staff of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. If you would have shown me oh my that caption a year ago, like this time last year, it said, this is what's in your future. I'm not sure how I would have reacted, but it was not going to be a positive one. But that's where we are right now with Bailey Zappi being coached by Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. There we are, Patriots fan. That's uh, that is the thing of nightmares, and you know, I, I, I instantly feel better about Detroit already. Um, tell me though, like Bailey Zappi, like this is a guy I actually saw him play in person at Michigan State last year. Like, there's some talent there, and and I think we saw a little bit of that in their game against the Packers. Tell me what you saw from from Mr. Zappi. Yeah, and we could start with that Michigan State game because I remember studying that game, and I'm like, I, look, Western Kentucky lost that game, and you know we know that Michigan State got out to a big lead, but he kept slanting it in that game, and he had some throws late in that game that I thought were impressive. He obviously set a season single season record for touchdown passes last year, breaking a record set by Joe Burrow a couple of years ago with that magical run he had in you know 2019 with LSU. Certainly not the most athletic quarterback but moves well with his feet, very accurate, makes a lot of quick decisions. And when the Patriots made the decision to draft him on the third day of the draft last year, it instantly trapped in my mind as a decision that did not surprise me in the least, was one that I kind of expected them to make that they would draft a quarterback anyway, and that Bailey Zappi was kind of their prototype at the position with what they tend to appreciate and look for at that position. Quick decisions, accuracy, ball placement. He's kind of the quintessential Patriots quarterback. And I thought, even though they lost that game and they obviously leaned into the run game when he came into the game, was probably something that they're going to do anyway with Brian Hoyer getting the start before he went out to injury. I thought he comported himself pretty well given the situation. You're on the road, didn't have a ton of practice time. You've got Aaron Rodgers on the other sideline sort of staring you down, and he made some reads and throws in that game I thought were impressive. He had the touchdown, although I know there was a delay game penalty that could have been called that wasn't, but I thought he played pretty well given the situation, and I was somebody that I kind of liked coming out of Western Kentucky to begin with. Yeah, and uh, I, I was the I, I can't stand Brian Hoyer. I'm, I'll be upfront about that. I can't I can't fathom how he's still employed. He's lost his last 17 starts. I guess it's now 18 because they technically lost, uh, and, and he was the the quarterback of record in that. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned at, at how he's going to pick apart a Lions defense. But uh, let, let's let's get to a little bit of the, the receiving core. They've made some changes in New England. How how is the passing offense working? How is Matt Patricia and Joe Judge the the dungeon of doom that they are uh, making this thing work for, for under Belichick. I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting, Jeff. I don't know if like they're really making it work. So to speak, I think they're honestly still trying to figure out what they have in the passing game. And it's, you know, but for two and a half quarters in week three, the first two quarters and into the third, it looked like it was finally starting to click in the past game. It looked like it was finally starting to click for Matt Jones because you saw him, not only move well in the pocket, which is something we kind of expected, but you saw aggressiveness in the downfield passing game. You saw some velocity into tighter windows from Mac Jones in the passing game. And part of the reason was what's working for them right now is Devontae Parker. And say what you want about Devontae Parker, 
he kind of is what he is as a receiver. But he and Jones seem to have a very you know, good relationship already, even on some back shoulder throws, which that is tough to build. It takes time to build that. And that seemed to be clicking. But then it's like one of those moments in, you know, that meme, right? Where, you know, it says like, I'm just, you know, like a contestant on the price is right, turning the dial and looking back to the crowd for advice. That's kind of how I felt Matt Jones was. He's like, oh, this is, this is working with Parker, huh? Yeah, you guys want me to keep doing that? All right, I'll keep doing it. And then he just forced two throws in his direction, both of which got intercepted. And you can see the offense sort of start to crumble from there. Conceptually, what are they doing in the passing game? Well, beyond some of these throws to the boundary, you know, it's a lot of crossers, a lot of play action, a lot of stuff underneath. But there's still a desire to see more play action, more RPOs to get Mac Jones back to where he was at Alabama, which is, you know, using RPOs, leading into RPOs, leading into the play action game. You know, he had. I think the most RPO throws the year it came out, or at least top five, same with play action stuff. They want to see more of that. Patriots fans want to see more of that in the passing game. Maybe we'll see it increase as the year goes along. Maybe we won't, but that's it's in terms of it working. What's working is some of the stuff they're doing to the outside, some of the shot plays, some of the play action stuff that they're doing, but. Patriots fans want to see more RPO and play action stuff incorporated into this offense. And that's that's not Bailey Zappi's game. That That's definitely more of no. Mac Jones. Yeah, We're Talking with Mark Schofield from SB Nation here. Uh, this is Jeff Risen from Lions Wire. Sitting in for huge today. Uh, I want to talk about their defense a little bit. Uh, they just signed Jamie Collins, and I don't know if it's to the practice squad or the active roster, but it sure sounds like he's going to play. Uh, is is James, what's left of Jamie Collins, is that really something that can help the, the Patriots defense? Are they in that dire of a streak? Because when we saw Jamie Collins last, uh, it was not a positive situation here in Detroit, let's put it that way. Yeah, it's it's an interesting move given some of the other you know injuries that they're dealing with, although I did see in just the last hour. So Garrett Gilbert, apparently, is joining the Patriots to the, to the practice squad, which... Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I'm just making sure that I didn't get you know chapsed here, but yeah, you know, <laughs> Garrett Gilbert. There you go. Um, no, I think what's the, the Jamie Collins piece to this? Yeah, Tom Pelissero, Garrett Gilbert to the practice squad. There you go. Wow. I wasn't making that up, Jeff. Um, former Browns Collins reject think, Garrett Gilbert. Former Browns. Yeah, there you go. Familiar faces. The Collins thing I think is interesting because one of the things that's working for the Patriots, you know, their defense is playing fairly well. I mean, I, I think if you have the kind of game that they had against, you know, Aaron Rodgers last week in Limbo Field, you probably would have taken that in most cases because they had the pick six. They, they were able to get some pressure on him. One of the things of working up front, Matthew Judon now has a running mate in Dietrich Wise. He sort of emerged as their consistent presence on the opposite edge. I saw a that this week that said, you know, while the Patriots traditionally rely on rotations up front, no defensive lineman had seen more than 75% of the snaps on a given season. Nobody's had that many since Chandler Jones years ago. Wise was like 82 going into this game. And wow. so they now have guys at Judon and Wise that can both play and win off the edge so they can get pressure. So it's like, well, you're adding Jay to Collins. You've used him as an edge at times or a blitzer. What are you going to do with him then? I think what they're going to do, they're going to use them in more of an off-ball rule from B-gap to B-gap, partly with an eye to what they're going to see this weekend from Detroit, because one of the things that Detroit has done so well this year is diverse run schemes attacking on the inside as well as the outside. And I think there's a thought right now in New England that they need help between the B-gaps on the off-ball level 
And that's what they're going to look at, Jamie Collins, to perhaps add some depth at. Because, you know, another name, Jelani Tavai, is one of their sort of off-ball linebackers right now. And so I think they're looking to boost the off-ball linebacker position with an eye towards what they might see this weekend. Boy, imagine imagine needing an upgrade over Jelani Tavai. Nobody here in Michigan can, yeah. can think of that at all. Wow. <laughs> You know, and, it, it, and again, you know, sentences you thought, if you were to tell me that back in the summer, that you would need to add in Jamie Collins as an upgrade over July to buy. Again, wow. like, man, things are going well, aren't they? That's, and, and that's that's one of the things that we're looking at. You know, this this is a 1-3 Lions team. They're playing a Patriots team that's 1-3. and three, And we're talking about two of the worst acquisitions of the last decade in Detroit being prominent players for a Patriots team. That means you've got to win this one if you're Detroit. And uh, I... Like you're sitting from afar, what's your perception of how Dan Campbell is is handling this? Um, they have the number one scoring offense and the number thirty two scoring defense. Um, where, where's your head at? Is you know is it positive? Is it negative? Is it somewhere in between? It's still largely positive. I mean, I remember telling you over the summer back in August, you know that. This is a live team that I think is going to remain in a sort of playoff relevant status into the holiday season, which I think they could still do that. You look at what they've done on offense, the, the numbers that they were able to put up last week with them on my St. Brown sideline, it's impressive. Obviously, they have to figure some things out on the defensive side of the ball. I think what helps is you're going to see either a QB2 or a QB3 this weekend. That's certainly some good news, some good fortune if you're a Lions fan, because I don't anticipate Mac Jones being back. I would imagine this is another Hoyer or Zappy game. Maybe it's another Zappy game, depending on Hoyer's status, because he left early with a head injury. So I remain pretty positive about Detroit generally. I still think that this is a team that is moving in the right direction, that believes in their head coach, and you know, wins are going to follow. Whether they follow this week or not obviously remains to be seen, but I remain largely positive about everything. I was just re-watching their offense today from Sunday's game, and it's an impressive unit. Then I see they did the, so know, the much good, Mark. The they, they were so good. The, <laughs> the defensive side of the ball, then I'm watching Geno Smith just pick them apart, and yes, yeah. part of that might have to do with the fact that Gino's having a really good season, but you've got guys running open on dig routes. You're going zero blitz, and it's just you're not getting home. And what's the old catchphrase, right? You go zero blitz and don't get home. The other team's band is going to play. You've got nobody, you know, sticking on receivers. Jeff Okuda's played well, um, but yeah, you've got to figure some stuff out on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, it looks really good, though. And and that's that's what we're all trying to figure out, you know. And this getting a win over New England and Matt Patricia and everything would be such such wind behind the sails, man. I, I oh yeah. Uh, quick, I'll, I'll bug you for it. I know it's early in the week and you don't know who's going to be the quarterback yet. How much chance do you think the Lions have of winning this game? Oh put man, you on the I, spot. yeah. I I think they've got a really good chance. I mean, whether it's Hoyer or Zappy. I don't want to give them more than a 50% shot. I don't want to, I'm probably going to pick them to win this game. Ooh. you know, and, and that's largely because of while New England has done some things well, I do think that when you look at the Lions this year, when you look at the way they're playing right now, when you look at questions that, yes, they might have on the defensive side of the ball, but it's not like a situation where you're, I know this is going to sound so strange to say, but it's not a Seattle offense that we've seen put up points this year. It's a New England offense that, you know, it's a bit more inconsistent. And if you're going to be rolling out there with QB2 or QB3, it's going to be even more inconsistent. I think a lot of the pieces are in place for Detroit to win this game. 
All right. I like to hear that, Mark. Thanks, Mark. You made my day, buddy. I'm here to deliver optimism. This this is why I have you on. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Schofield from SB Nation. Uh, Give him a follow on Twitter. He's one of the smartest people I know. He's also a a dang good friend and a pretty snazzy dresser, too. Uh, Mark, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks so much, buddy. Always a blast, my friend. We'll talk soon, buddy. Yes, we will. I, I love that guy. We have so much fun together. We could sit and talk for three hours, but we 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 got to we got to talk to other people too. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more Lions, and I, I do want to get back on the Pistons for a second. Like we're going to get some Pistons basketball tonight. I'm I'm weirdly juiced up for that. So uh, when we come back, we'll uh, we'll wrap up this hour and uh, lead into the the uh, pseudo Detroit Lions podcast that we're going to have for uh, the third hour tonight. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Hi, this is Matt Shepard. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. If you're planning a trip to Las Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager with BetMGM, sign up with BetMGM or log in today and take advantage of the BetMGM Rewards. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Huge here for the Grand Rapids Gold. They're the Denver Nuggets G League team coached by former NBA All-Star Andre Miller. And they'll be playing their home games in downtown Grand Rapids at Van Andel Arena. And the Gold's home opener in GR will be Thursday night, November 10th. If you need tickets, quick link, follow the Grand Rapids Gold on Twitter, Facebook, or just Google Grand Rapids Gold. Their home opener is on Thursday night, November 10th at Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. We might have just come out with our most refreshing Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer yet. It's called the Essential Collection. It's made with coconut water and real fruit juice. So it's always going to have a real refreshing fruit taste. Can refreshing get any more refreshing? Yep, it can and it just did. Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. Made with coconut water and real fruit juice for superior taste. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. IRC Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Have you experienced Grand Rapids lately? The city is vibrant, growing, and offers up so much when it comes to entertainment, including two fantastic concert destinations, Van Andel Arena and DeVos Performance Hall. Just Google Van Andel Arena and DeVos Performance Hall. You can get a list of the current shows with tickets on sale. Also, DeVos Place is the go-to show and convention destination on the west side of the state. And if you want to experience GR, go to experiencegr.com and plan your getaway to Grand Rapids and West Michigan. And speaking of West Michigan, I do want to salute the West Michigan Sports Commission for their journey on bringing Grand Rapids major sporting events and building a brand that's big not only on the west side of the state, in the state of Michigan, but across America. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
much as I'd like to let Tool just keep playing, this is a sports show, ladies and gentlemen. This is the huge show across Michigan. This is Jeff Risden sitting in for huge. He's out uh, today. Got uh, another hour going on with me. Uh, we'll talk some more Lions. We're going to uh, very special guest next hour. Um, I am officially the the Lions Wires uh, managing editor, but I also on the side do the Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, I, I'm the co-host once a week with uh, my good friend Chris, and he'll be joining us in the next hour for a couple of segments. We're going to basically give you a little taste of what we do on a weekly basis, uh, and uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be uh, a lot of, lot of lot of good Lions talk. We see things a little bit differently, so we'll we'll have some good discussion on that. But uh, before we get into that, I again, the Pistons tip off tonight. The preseason, NBA preseason is upon us, folks. And tonight is our first look. You get to see Jaden Ivey in a Pistons uniform. They're playing the Knicks tonight in New York. Uh, even if you're not a Knicks or if you're not a Pistons fan, you can root against the Knicks. That's a really easy sell, folks. I mean, who likes the who who you either like the Knicks or you absolutely despise them. And by the way, if you bet the under on the Knicks, 32 of the last 35 years they've gone under their projected win totals. Just keep that in mind. But I'm excited. Jaden Ivey tonight. Cade Cunningham. You can see Jalen Duran. I expect to see a lot of the rookie tonight. Look, that guy's fun. Uh, I actually saw him a couple seasons ago uh, down at the EYBL. My son was down there playing uh, with, with base fundamentals, and I saw Jalen uh, racking things up. So I'm excited to see him uh, and how he does in his debut against Get NBA players, man. It's 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 a big jump for him. But uh, you know, there's a lot to like about this Pistons team. There's they're going to be a fun team. I don't I don't know how much they're going to win this year. Um, they're going to be they're going to win more than last year. And this is a team that could potentially sneak into seven or eight seed in the East. The East is sort of you know turning around. But uh, it, it's going to be fun, man. And I, I'm I am looking forward to watching it. I will have that game on. Uh, at home tonight, uh, you can check that out. I believe it's on TNT. You can probably get it on the NBA app as well. But there, there's just so much to like about the Pistons. A lot of positive energy. The way Troy Weaver is building that team. If you're a Pistons fan, you got to be excited about what's coming. Um, and, and like they have leapt well ahead of where the Tigers are in their rebuild. Uh, and uh, the, based on where the Lions are at right now uh, with their, their one and three record, that they, they could jump ahead of that too. So we'll get that. But when we come back, we're going to talk. Talk to my good friend Chris, and we're going to have a little uh, impromptu Detroit Lions podcast on the air here. Thanks for joining in, folks. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to SoaringEagleCasino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Hello, Michigan. 
This is the huge show across the wonderful Mitten State. I am your fill-in host for the day, Jeff Risden from Lions Wire and the Detroit Lions podcast. And we're going to lean on the second part of that for a little while here. My co-host from the Detroit Lions podcast, Chris, is grateful to join uh, and we're gonna t- we're gonna we're gonna give you a little taste of what we do. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Detroit Lions podcast, uh, Chris and I have been doing this for a few years now. He actually did it uh, for a few years before I joined in with him, uh, and uh, we do it on YouTube live every week, uh, usually on Wednesday nights. Although last week was uh, hurricane altered, but uh, this week I think we're on schedule. So I'm gonna I'm gonna welcome in my good man Chris. It is it is great to talk to you. Um, it's weird not looking at you because normally we're doing this live, uh, looking at one another. But uh, thanks for joining me, bud. Yeah, absolutely. You're the man behind the controls this time too. It's a little weird for me, Riz. Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 wa- I want to have the button that uh, that special teams coach Dave Phipp uh, kept hitting, but uh, we can't do that because this is uh, this is radio. This isn't uh, the the interweb where we could do work a little bluer. Uh, Chris, I, I, I just I'll keep my figures off the buttons. Yes, thank you, uh, Chris. I want to get your pulse on it. I'm conflicted, and, and we've had this conversation uh, behind the scenes. But the Lions have the number one offense in the league, and they're doing it without some key pieces, and that's fantastic. I'm I'm super excited about that. But then you go and you got the worst defense in the league, giving up the most points in the league, like. Where's your head at on the balance between that? Like, are you feeling great about the offense? Or does the defense just weigh you down and you can't take the, the, the good part of the offense? Uh, well, you, you, this is a tough time to be on for the first time, Riz, because things are, are, are kind of crazy in Lions land. You know it. It's, it's really, you feel, you feel torn in two directions. And I want to I want to kind of talk about that whole thing of the number one offense, because a lot of times it's how you measure something. And we're talking about, oh, yeah, they're the number one because they scored the most points. But if you look at team grades like PFF, the offense is ranked 14th. Not to say that there's something wrong there, right? There's some some efficiency things that... Uh, they're overachieving, the baby. Way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some things that happen offensively along the way. But you can't ask that team to score more points, right? So and so we can, we can, I think, agree that the offense is humming along as it should be. And you can't ask for a whole lot more. I mean... You hope for it, but you can't ask for it out of them. The defense, it, you know, one and three, right? It, 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 you can score a lot of points, but when you let them score that many points, it just it just sucks the wind out of you. And and it goes back to you know last year, a lot of the the fingers were pointing at Jared Goff. It's the offense. It's Jared Goff. He's not the guy. He's not our quarterback. He, we need that. We need. You know, I heard so many people yelling for Malik Willis and and, and oh. other potential. Uh, prospects out there in the off season, and and golf has shown kind of no no this is this is all we needed was an off season we a little time a couple pieces of talent we're in good shape JMO hasn't even shown up yet we're we're good um, but now it's the defense and and it's maddening it's and th- if anything Lions fans know that this team can be just maddening <laughs> um, how how do you get to Last year, where it was a patchwork of rookies, undrafted free agents, our friend Jerry Jacobs, right, goes out there, balls out, number three, I think, rookie cornerback in the league. Um, Same coaches, same coaching staff, and that defense showed up and played extremely well. If that defense was playing for this team right now, we could be... Oh, we're three and one. Three and one? 
four row, maybe even. I mean, it, 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 that's that's crazy. It's it's so hard to think that even a twenty fifth or twenty sixth ranked defense could have put this team over the top on the on the win column. But yeah, that's that's uh, how do you score forty five points and lose and and lose to Geno like how do you lose to Geno Smith, man? Like that's. And two rookie tackles now. Now give them credit that their their rookie tackles played pretty well, and and you know bottled up Charles Harris especially well. Um, Aiden Hutchinson didn't have a great day either, and that that's kind of where I want to go next. Is Aiden Hutchinson's catching a lot of flack? Um, we have our our Detroit Lions podcast mm-hmm. Patreon Slack, and and we have some interesting arguments in there about what's going on with the, with Hutchinson. You know, how should we be concerned? Should we be, you know, like, oh, give him a, a little bit of a rookie pass because he's playing injured. Where's your head on what you saw from Hutchinson, not just last week, but like through the first four games of his career? Are you encouraged by it or you, do you want to see more from him? Sure. I, I, I'll go back first. Just when you talked about getting beat by Geno Smith, I had flashbacks to the Matt Flynn Packers oh. game out. So as you know, I still I still have never seen that game. That is the one Lions game in the 21st century that I did not see. Uh, I lived in Houston at the time, and my family we went and rode. The, my kids were little. We rode the uh, uh, what's what's the 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 Christmas story uh, the the train the Polar Express. We drove to Dallas and rode yeah. the Polar Express that day. So I, I heard it on the radio, but I didn't see it. Uh, and I actually do have to watch that sometime because uh, somebody dared me to do that. We, we won't talk about that. Do you remember this? <laughs> Do you remember the score? I remember the 550 yards for Matt Flynn that made got him a big payday. But and of course, it's the Seahawks. But do you remember what the score was? I felt like I felt like Stafford played a heck of a game that game, and it was it was a blow the roof off of the score that we lost too. Oh, shutters. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah that's not fun. So, so let's get back. Get, get, I, I want to hear your thoughts on Hutchinson before uh, before we jump off that bridge again. Yo, yep. <laughs> so Aiden Hutchinson, he's a guy. Um, most folks know who listen to the podcast know that I'm a I'm a I'm a Michigan guy. Uh, grew up a Michigan guy. Has some family ties and so on to the school. Um, not a graduate myself, but I, I really am harder on prospects from Michigan, Michigan State, than I am on prospects from other schools because they're local. I know they get more hype, and my kind of mo is to block out and, and, and rate them lower than I would somebody else just because I know I'm influenced by the local hype. It's, it's my own kind of control. I look again at, at PFF and I say, okay, Hutchinson, he's only a 57 and a half right out of a hundred score uh, overall. And um, I, I can say, okay, that's, that's not performing what you want out of a number two overall pick. You expect more, but by the same token, we saw him against Georgia. And once Georgia shut him down, the whole line went to bed. And if you look across the other side of the line, you're seeing Harris, Charles Harris, who had a great year last year for him. He's down at like a 56 PFF score. He's not making the, uh, the, the, the pressure that you want from the other side. They are able to concentrate and scheme against Hutchinson. You've got Okora as a starter in there who's really lowly ranked. I mean, your best person on the defensive line is Aline McNeil. And, 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 and he's your nose tackle. <laughs> Yes, yes. I don't know what that, how that's going to help break Hutchinson free. Uh, they, I know uh, Coach Campbell talked about uh, schematically changing things a little bit for Hutchinson uh, and, and going forward. I, I don't expect to see anything until after the ball. But Aiden Hutchinson is a guy who has a ton of talent. He is super hyped, has a super high motor, has a huge upside, a huge ceiling, and isn't producing because it's a team game. In my mind, I don't think that it's a, that he doesn't have the tools. I think he's a rookie in a very, very difficult situation. And now 
you have the coaches trying to put him in a more advantageous situation that he can take advantage of those talents to get at the quarterback. We saw it against Washington. Those are big boys he was playing against. Those those that's not some fourth string JV offensive line <laughs> in Washington that he'd be. <laughs> he's he's got talent. It's just that uh, we're we're not seeing him schematically, and we're not seeing the rest of the line. Uh, put the pressure on. If Charles Harris could draw a double, Hutchinson's going to break free. You know, uh, McNeil's in there and rock, knocking things up. But again, he's a nose tackle, right? I mean, what do you, what do you want? It's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough road for Hutchinson. And I think because of that and, and these line troubles, we talked about it in the, the Patricia years as well. Um, when you have problems getting pressure, that exposes the heck out of your secondary. Yeah, and and it certainly was exposed. And uh, you brought up Jerry Jacobs, a friend of the podcast. He's been on with us a couple of times. Uh, he came to our training camp party this year and and offered just rays of sunshine. Uh, Jerry should be back. Uh, he's probably going to get activated tomorrow, which means that he'll be back within the next three weeks. Uh, how much impact do you think he's going to have on the defense? I think it's huge. And I think he's going to immediately take Amani Arawari's spot. Um, and I think Amani, to his credit, Amani's a lot more talented than he's been playing these last two weeks. I would agree. And there's obviously there's obviously something wrong with our guy. Um, we know there's a back injury. We've seen him um, on the ground a couple times, slow to get up with what obviously looks like some kind of back thing. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm the doctor, but... I, it looks like some kind of spasm action going on, right? Uh, and, and the poor guy, he is not performing anywhere near where he has historically. There is something else going on besides the skill level of Amani. I think he's holding that spot until they can get somebody in to fill for him. I think Jerry's going to step in. And I think, frankly, the Jerry and Jeff Okuda connection are huge. Those guys are so connected as friends and as players that uh, and, and is the grind, right? I think... Okuda probably owes a little bit of his grind mentality of coming back the way he did to Jerry and his influence on him. There's a, there's a good symbiosis between the two of them, and I, I'm really excited to have Jerry across from Okuda. I think that's gonna it's gonna bode really really well for the corners in this defense, and it's gonna help us out a great deal, especially with. Uh, Tracy Walker out for the season. Yeah. Talking with, with Chris, my co-host from the Detroit Lions podcast, this is Jeff Rusin from the Lions Wire and the Detroit Lions podcast. And uh, if, if you're curious, we did a couple of really great interviews with Jerry Jacobs and uh, Dan Miller also joined us from the training camp party. Look on YouTube for the Detroit Lions podcast training camp party and uh, you, you'll check Jerry out, check Dan Miller out. Uh, it was a great show. He offered a lot of just a lot of fun stuff. And, and you know, to your point, he and he and Jeff he lived with Jeff Okuda for a brief time. That they have rehabbed together. They've worked hard together. They're they're they pick one another's brains. Uh, you're getting a lot of a lot of potential spark coming back on defense. Uh, if not this week, then then certainly after the break. Man, bye week can't come soon enough, can it, buddy? <laughs> no, no. I tell you, one of the things you know, and and I don't know if you've covered Jerry's story at all on the on the, on the show, but. You know, he comes from a tough place. His No dad in his life. His mom passed when he was 11. He was raised by his sister, got into trouble, had to go to junior college, balled out, national championship, goes, plays Arkansas State, balls out, goes to Arkansas, COVID hits, gets an injury, takes the COVID opt-out, um, ruined his draft chances. He's always like two steps forward, one step back kind of a guy, and he's always had to fight and grind and push harder than anybody else. And I think that kind of attitude fit that grit fits exactly the Dan Campbell mode, but I also think that that's exactly the kind of fit that helped Okuda. That's what I'm, I'm talking about. The thing that Jerry brings is a lot more than his, his, you know, 
four percent body fat and physical play oh, style. Ridiculous. Uh, he brings a lot of yep. He brings a lot of attitude to that defense, and I think I think that's going to be great. So yeah. Optimal time coming for the for the uh, for the bye week. You got to get through the Patriots, don't we? Aren't they first? They are, uh, and uh, we actually I just talked to our, our good friend Mark Schofield, who's been on with us a few times uh, on the Detroit Lions podcast, and and he picked the Lions to win. And I'm I'm feeling it, man. I got I got enough Honolulu blue blue Kool Aid to you know send me home today. Uh, I'm 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 feeling this win this week. I like we got to you you can't lose to Geno Smith and then. Lose to Matt Patricia running the offense. That's just can't happen. Can't happen. All I, all I, all I want is the Lions to carry Dan Campbell off the field so Patricia experiences it twice. <laughs> <laughs> the whole Jim Schwartz thing where he was uh, carried off by his. Uh, there's an indelible image for us all. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm just. We saw Bailey. Yeah, so we, we, we did, we did, we did the Senior Bowl together. We did the shows from there, and we saw Bailey Zappi. Like, this is not a guy who's without some ability. Yeah, yeah, and we saw, I mean, if, if you saw the game this week, he, he stepped in and he played a lot better than most, you know, third-string quarterbacks or backup quarterbacks stepping into the line of fire. It was a close game. I mean, he, he didn't play poorly at all. He did well. Their problem is they're scoring 18.5 points a game. And while they face... A Lions defense that has allowed 104 million points per game. Uh, the, the 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 reality is is the Lions are retooling and really putting a focus on that this week. If ever there was a point where this team was going to come out and buckle down and and bite down on the mouthpiece, this is the week. And with Matt Patricia there, there's only that much more inspiration for the folks that are still around from those days to just bowl this team over. This is an opportunity for the Lions to go into Foxborough and steal a win, get an away win that you you know that's somewhat unexpected against a team that uh is is in an interesting position. Uh I think the I I'm with you. I think the Lions could take this week uh and take that win into the the bye week. If they don't, if they go into the bye week with a loss, I mean there's gonna be all kinds of questions. It's all not gonna be fun. Your your post game show that you do uh after games uh is on the Drillers podcast is gonna be uh uh, not a pleasant listen this week if that happens. It will definitely be a therapy session. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I've heard people already starting to talk about talk about Dan Campbell's being on the hot seat, right? And I, I know we talked about this very, very early when he came in. Dan's a very interesting character. He brings a lot of fun to the to the position, and he he he, he is easy to get people to warm to the team and to him and to his attitude. But how long is that going to play until without getting results? And those W's are the results that people want. I see a lot of progress in this team. From this I do from too. last year to this year, the, the W's aren't showing. But this team is all heading in the right direction. But without those W's, you're going to lose your fans. And, and if you lose the fans, I, I don't know how you get back. That always trickles up too, man. You, you can't yeah. – you can, because you, once you lose somebody, it's, it's that much harder to win them back, especially in, in Detroit and Lions land where, you know – we haven't had a lot to cheer about. We haven't had a lot of positives, and you, you, like I, I look at it. I expected them to be two and three, or maybe three and two going into the bye. They win this week. They're two and three. They're they're kind of on schedule. So I'm, I, I feel that, and I, I do see the progress as well. And I hope that that 
like it doesn't get lost. Um, this is something that you know we've had discussions about on the podcast. We get a lot of um, when we do the live show on Wednesday nights, so we, we stream it live on YouTube. Uh, check the Detroit Lions podcast. I'll, I'll, I'll sound like I'll sound like huge here for a second and promoting that as much as I can. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things where like. If you're just somebody who, like, nothing matters unless they win, well, then how do you expect them to ever win if good things aren't happening? And we are seeing the good things happening, and it, it it's very difficult to focus on those things right now, isn't it? And how did you become a Lions fan? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, no, the- <laughs> yeah I, I don't get that at all. <laughs> no, I mean, there's, there's a part, I mean, there's a certain part of, of folks that, you know, like, it's comfortable. They find comfort in losing because it's what it's always been. There's tradition there, and, and the old jokes ring, and it's fun. But um, I, I still look. This is for me a really hard time because I really, uh, you know, you do the analyst, you do the fan thing, kind of combined. I sometimes wish I was doing analysis on a team I wasn't a fan of because it might be easier. But um, I this this one could break me if Dan Campbell and crew can't make it work. You and I, it was we we picked up at the same time. It was it was when Billy Sims. Got drafted. Yep. That was what put me on the Lions train way back in the day, and been through the ups and downs and everything. And, and this one, I, I've really believed in. You know, I've, I've as a as a fan, my heart's all in. As an analyst, I see great things happen, and it's just, oof, it's going to be hard. It's going to be really, really hard for Lions fans, and they're just so hungry. I remember. Do you remember when the the Red Wings won the Cup after the what was a forty three year drought? I do. How, that sense of relief that just washed over the city, right? To see and experience that with the Detroit Lions, it's, it's, it's that on steroids, right? And what it would do for the city, oh, I, 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 that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. The city, the state, be able to get behind the Lions and be rewarded for all of that investment of uh, that they've put behind this team throughout through so many years. Oh. That would be that would be heavenly. Talking with Chris from the Detroit Lions podcast, my host there, I'm my co-host there. I'm I'm Jeff Risen from the Lions Wire and the Detroit Lions podcast, sitting in for huge today. Uh, I want to bounce this off of you because it's a question that I asked uh, one of my earlier guests. Aaron Glenn's under a lot of heat right now, and there's a lot of people who are wondering how in the world can he be a head coaching candidate when he's so god awful as a defensive coordinator. <laughs> And I made the argument that like it's a different kind of job, and just not being a good coordinator doesn't necessarily mean you can't be a good head coach. Uh, and and uh, I talked to Jeremy Reisman about that, and Jeremy kind of agreed with me. Where where do you see that? Do you, do you think that that's that holds water, or am I am I loopy there? No, no. It's it's this is this is there's so many there's different skill sets, and you know I talk about leadership and that kind of stuff as part of the show. One of the things. You know, people get promoted because they're really, really good at something. And if I look at like the business world, someone's a really good Excel person and they do all kinds of Excel things and they're so good at it. They get promoted to be the leader of the Excel team and all the Excel people, they have to lead and they have to let them do the work. And often they don't. They think they have to do it themselves because the people don't do it up to skill stuff and they wind up not being a good leader. And the opposite is true, too. Somebody could be pretty poor or come from a, like a, a, a Microsoft Word world and have to lead the Excel team. But if you have the skills to be able to deal with people, be a good leader, trust your staff to do great things, you can do a great job as a leader. So from a head coach perspective, I, I have no doubt that he could, uh, he, could, he could fall into a position like that. My thing is, just because based on the, his adjustments that he's made as a defensive coordinator that, against teams this year, 
people talked about him not being with the team because he was going to be a uh, head coach next year. I think there's potential that he's not with the team, but he's not because he's a head coach. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's where the big risk is. And I, I, I don't want to see that for him. I think he's, he's a talented guy. He's got a lot of brains, but this week, you know, the, the two things, I mean, and Dan Orlovsky pointed out one of them, the, the, the press man, Patricia, failures just relived on the same plays over and over players in the wrong position, an inability to, to recognize uh, different tendencies or repeated plays and failed the same way, the same movement by the players. Those are adjustments that you have to make. And when those things happen in the first and the fourth quarter, the same play and you adjust the same way and you fail to it the same way. Those are adjustments that didn't happen at halftime. They didn't happen in the quarters. And those are failures of a coach. Those are things that you have to see and you have to be able to adjust your defense to react to. And I just, if you can't adjust your defense, I don't see him being elevated to the role of a head coach, even though he may have the skills. You can't, how are you going to adjust the rest of your team? How are you going to adjust your coaching style? Yeah, and, 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 that, that, and that's a tough sell to the role. guys that you're going to have working under you, too. Like, is, is he going to not do anything with, you know, how much autonomy? In my, there, there's a whole lot that goes into that. Chris, I can, I can take a little yep. break here. Can you stick with us through the break and do another segment with us? You got it, Riz. Awesome. So uh, we will be back after a little bit of break here with uh, Chris from the Detroit Lions podcast here on The Huge Show. From St. Joseph to Midland. This show is huge. In the den. It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day at SoaringEagleCasino.com. October 4th brings back a ton of iconic memories for Tigers fans. It was on this date in 1925 that Harry Heilman collected six hits in a doubleheader to edge out Tris Speaker for the batting title. Heilman would finish the year batting 393. In 1945, the great Hank Greenberg hit a three-run homer to help the Tigers to a game-two win over the Cubs in the World Series. Detroit would go on to beat Chicago to win the franchise's second world title. It was also on this date in 1987 when Frank Tanana pitched a complete game one nothing shutout of the Blue Jays at Tiger Stadium to hand Detroit the AL East. And finally, in 2012, Miguel Cabrera became the 15th player to ever hit for the Triple Crown and the first since Carl Yastrzemski in 1967. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle and digging for gold every Friday in October for your chance to score up to $5,500 in cash or premium play. Hourly winners from 7 to 11 p.m. each week. And on October 28th, all the prizes turn to cash. See what you'll dig up. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach. Now, he's a managing partner at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in downtown Grand Rapids. They now have merged with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of the state, and they're stronger than ever before in the state of Michigan, the Midwest, and coast-to-coast when it comes to your accounting and business needs. Find out more at beancarter.com. That's B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-R.com. Also, Tom has stepped up with 
with $1,500 in cash in the Beat Huge Pro Football Picks Contest. Now, if you beat my picks just one week, you'll be in the drawing at the end of the pro football season for $1,500 in cash from Tom Rosenbach and Bean Garter. Thursday night game is always a freebie. You have until Sunday morning to play every week through the big game. You can play once or play every week. Do what you want to, but get your picks in now at thehugeshow.net. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Good afternoon, Michigan. Welcome back to the huge show. This is Jeff Risen from the Detroit Lions podcast and Lions Wire sitting in. And we're going to rejoin my co host from the Detroit Lions podcast, Chris, who's been gracious enough to sit with us through the break. Listen to some ads, and now we're going to talk more of the Lions. So, uh, welcome back, Chris. Thanks for thanks for sticking with us. Uh, wanted to ask your. Um, I know you and I uh, went to the Senior Bowl. Was it three or four years ago? And we were exposed to Hank Fraley, the offensive line coach, and we have been huge fans of Hank ever since. I just want you to expound for for those of you who don't listen to the Detroit Lions podcast regularly. Like, you shed some light on just how awesome Hank Fraley is. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, the, he jumped out right away. And it was all about his technique as a teacher. Um, we, have an inter- we interviewed him this last year in the, uh, at the Senior Bowl. And he's just so talented. He knows how to speak to his players and get the most out of them. And he does it in a way it's not a, some guys need screaming at, and and he'll be the guy. Uh, Some guys need just coaching, right? Some guys need a little bit of a fatherly kind of figure. Uh, You look at Dan Skipper, his, his journey, where he's, where he's, uh, where he's been and how he's come along. And these last couple years, he's come along uh, as as a result of his hard work. You know, you don't want to take anything away from a player and a guy like him, but right. Dan has helped nudge him or Hank has helped nudge him in that direction to become who he is. And one of the last things I've heard from somebody in the building was that once they got Dan to quit starting fights and practice, <laughs> he, he became the guy that he is today. And you, if, if you, I don't know if you saw, he was a guy that was ready to start some fights out in the field against the Seahawks. He does not let anybody get near his guys or disrespect his guys or take cheap shots on his guys. He's out there as a protector. It comes from that family that Hank has created amongst those, those, uh, those linemen. He has created a group of people who um, work together, live, eat, breathe together. Um, and it's, it is all about that kind of co-op that, We've, we've talked about it, that servant leadership and, and working as a team and trusting the people around you. You don't see any other offensive lines in this league able to plug and play players like the Detroit Lions have been able to in the last two years. I mean, even before that, in the Patricia years, rotating guards. You remember that? Oh, my I was like, goodness. What the heck? It, it, but it, it worked better than anyone thought it would. It wasn't ideal, but frankly... You know, the, the situation wasn't ideal with, from a player perspective either. The ability to put people in and out and move them, I think, is, is one of the benefits that you get out of a guy like Frank, Hank Fraley and putting his, his, his team together like this. It's, it's all about that teaching, that growth, and that ability to, to work with one another and not be stuck in a rut. You know, um, ability to think for yourself, be able to work within the scheme, but react 
the way that you know how to as an athlete. And uh, they look for those kind of skill sets, people that can make decisions and act in a way that they can make good, sound decisions when, you know, the what's the thing when you go to war, the first thing to do is you throw away the plan, something like that. <laughs> that's, that's what happens. And, and those guys can go down there and they can, they can improvise as needed and do a great job as one of the top defensive li- or offensive lines in the league with only a few <laughs> starters starting. It's, it's incredible how well they, they work together. And I, I attribute it. I don't want to take away from their talent, any of those players talent, because they have invested significantly yes, in, that, in those positions. But Hank Fraley is the one that's pulled that together. We've seen a lot of teams spend a lot of money and bring in some amazing players that just didn't work out. And it's, it's so nice that it's happened. Like for, for years and years and years, the number one complaint about Lions from most from most Lions fans was the offensive line. Uh, Jeff Backus, we, we dogged that guy way too much. Dominic Riola was probably the best center that we had for, for years and years and years. <laughs> and now, now we're in a, in a halcyon days, man, where we're plugging in a practice squad guy, Dan Skipper. He's one of his, what, 22nd contract with the Lions between practice squads and yeah. active. And, and he's doing great at left guard. And that's and that, that's one of the reasons why I am staying optimistic, even though the team's one and three and the defense is is what it is. Um, unpleasant to watch. But the the offense and the, the leaps that they've taken with with Jared Goff making a step forward, and, and this is something you and I deal with it every week on the podcast, uh, in, the, in the live chat that we have and in our Patreon Slack, people wondering about Jared Goff and is can he be the long-term solution. And I think we're seeing more, or we're seeing less of that question and more of like, Maybe maybe we need to spend all these resources on defense and, and help Jared Goff be the guy and not worry about what's going on with Jared Goff. Your your thoughts just real quick on like golf progress and do you think it's it's something that sticks and can he continue to climb that ladder and, and make it even better? Yeah. I think with Jared Goff the the big you know, there's always gonna be the comparison. It's always tough to be the guy after the guy. Right. He's the guy after Matthew Stafford, right? How, 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 I would never want to step into that position. And last year, the talk was who won the trade? Who won the trade? And they won the Super Bowl. Like, so at the end of the they, they won. They won the trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now look at Jared Goff. And I don't know if you saw the, the game yesterday with uh, the Rams and, and, and Matthew Stafford. You look at their numbers, you know, Matthew Stafford's about 100 yards less, many more, five more interceptions than Jared Goff, uh, four more, something like that on the season. Has thrown, thrown the same a number of pick sixes. Part. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jared Goff is looking the part, and Jared Goff has an offensive line where, where you know, Matthew Stafford doesn't now. This may wind up being one of those coups where, yep, you lost the first year of the trade. Second year, you wind up close to breaking even. And then you look forward. Jared Goff, he's, you know, he's at that age where he's entering that golden era or that golden age for a quarterback to really shine. And he's coming into that. Very, very strong. Four games in, we've got a lot of season ahead to see what he has. But if he can put, can use to play at this level, I think he earns himself another contract and a whole lot of optimism from Detroit Lions fans. Yeah, and he's still under contract for a couple more years, so we have, we have time to, to wait that out. But I'm, I'm very encouraged. And, and as you know, and anybody who's listened to the podcast knows, I was not the Jared Goff guy. Uh, I was. I thought he was a placeholder. Sure. I thought they were going to you know draft somebody this year, but. Uh, you know, Brad Holmes is still steadfast that Jared Goff is the guy, and he's he's starting to look more and more yeah. like it. And it's uh, it's rewriting some narratives. And it's by the way, it's fun to watch those narratives change. Uh, you know, the, the Jared yeah. Goff was a complete bomb that had to go, and now we're now we're seeing people like 
you know what? I, I'm, I'm still not sold that he's a long term, but dang, he's playing well. Like that, that, that's that's progress. I'm happy about that. Well, and, and I'll tell you on the contract thing. This is the year that he he earns or loses that contract because if he doesn't do it, right. Goff is not the guy this year. They will go get somebody else, and because this is the year they have the capital to do that, the two first round picks and everything else. Uh, after that, it's going to be a lot tougher to be able to pull, you know, your number to get your guy. Uh, I think this is the year. This is the make or break year for him, and that's why I talk about the contract. Uh, and they'll sign him early. I think too. I think they'll sign him a year early and and, and hopefully get a little bit better deal because look, the quarterbacks are expensive. It's easier to sign him now and and not pay, you know, and pay later. Yeah, that, that price tag never goes down, does it? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So um, let, let let let's talk a real. I, I this this is weird because normally you're the one that that, that does the talking like coming out of things. So I'm, I'm talking to you and it, it's a lot of fun. This is a little taste of the Detroit Lions podcast uh, with Chris and Jeff. Uh, you can catch us. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're going tomorrow night, right, buddy? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it's tomorrow night. Uh, check it out on YouTube. Um, as Bill Simonson often says, uh, the huge one who I'm sitting in for today. Um, look it up on Google it and uh, look it up on YouTube and you will find us and you can watch us live and interact with the show. Uh, click the like and subscribe buttons too. Uh, I know that just annoyed a heck of a lot of people who are regulars of the <laughs> the show, but uh, we, we got we got to have a little bit of fun with it. Um, you talked when we were talking about Hank Fraley about the servant leadership concept, and uh, this is something that you've. Uh, first off, you you are a very educated man, and you have a life outside of football that leads you down these roads. But can you talk a little bit about the concept of servant leadership and how it applies to the Detroit Lions? Because it's something that I don't think gets talked enough about outside of our little bubble. Yeah, yeah. So servant leadership is one of those things that um, it has. There's a, there's a series of kind of principles, like any leadership piece. But the idea is that you you treat people with humility, respect. You you want them to get the best out of them. You you think about um, you know different types of leaders, or the coaches, the visionaries, those types of things. Democratic leaders. How do those work? There's certain tenets of a servant leader that you you really need to have. And in a modern kind of environment, and, and servant leadership is it's probably 30 or more years old as far as the way it is, but it's really come to its fore recently. Um, it's about listening to your people, allowing your people to perform at their best, uh, having empathy for them, having self, self-awareness, but taking in um, input from everybody. If you watch Hard Knocks, you saw it. When they were talking about the players that they wanted uh, uh, for cuts, you started with the guys who were down the food chain a little bit and we, and they listened and got their insights. Why? Because they see things and they interact with those guys differently and they have a different set of inputs that they can provide to that conversation. And then once they've done that, they start to hear the guys up the food chain and they can validate what they saw or didn't see and learn from those guys. It's, you know, you talk about next man up on the, on the offensive line. It's like that in the coaching staff as well. You build a staff where people can move up, can grow, can get better and have an opportunity to learn and uh, achieve at the level of their, their super superiors in the organization. It gives them an opportunity to give them something to shoot for. It gives you an opportunity to get uh, much more talent than only one person can provide. And it gives people an, an opportunity to move up. And even if they move out of the organization, that's okay because you become a, a, an employer of choice, they call it, a place where people want to go work because they know they're going to grow, they're going to become better, and they're going to be engaged for who they are, what they bring, and what they know at that organization. And that's I saw that in day one. 
when Holmes and uh, and uh, Campbell were talking about how they le- how they lead, and everybody was asking, but who's 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 got the, the decision? Who's in charge? Is 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 Rod Wood making football decisions? It's it's yes, yeah, uh-huh, sure, no, no. This is this is servant leadership. It's a different style that uh, people just hadn't seen it, hadn't seen it before. So uh, a lot of it is leading by example. Stepping up and living living the life, we saw that from Matt Patricia. He he, he, he didn't. He tried to be the coach he uh, he should be versus himself, and I think that's the number one error. We met him. Re, re, we you did. Remember it, at Senior Bowl. He was a really good. We had a good time with guy. him and the Hooters girls. Yeah, <laughs> and he just. I think he tried to be something he thought he should be versus who he was. And once you lose your credibility, once you lose your authenticity. You're never going to win anybody back. You, you've, you've shown that you cannot be trusted. And trust is one of the most important pieces for any leader to have amongst their people. And we see that in Dan Campbell. Even though the wins aren't coming yet, the trust is still there from the players. That's one of the reasons why this week is so important to win. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I don't, I don't think this team is going to get better replacing Dan Campbell. I don't think shaking up the coaching staff is going to improve this team in the near term. I don't think there's going to be any kind of beneficial near-term results. I think you have to let this process go. And I think based on those six-year contracts, that's the mindset. I think they knew they didn't have the greatest roster. I think they (laughs) knew that building a culture doesn't happen in a day, right? Uh, I think the culture side is happening faster than than the talent side. I think that'll come. It's going to come, um, buddy. It's it's a tough it's a tough world. You have to perform. So we'll see. There's a lot a lot still to be written. There is. That, ladies and gentlemen, is my good friend Chris, the co-host on the Detroit Lions podcast, which you can catch tomorrow night on YouTube. Uh, Chris also has a lot of other things. We actually had Scott Bischoff on earlier, who promoted a couple of his things. So uh, it's a very podcast centric show on the huge show today. Thanks, huge. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, 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 Bill. Um, I hope you're hitting them straight. Uh, Chris, it has been great to talk to you. I will see you live tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. It, it, it's been a lot of fun doing this, man. It has. It has been. Thank you, Riz. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for uh, having me on. Love talking to you anytime, brother. My pleasure. Again, Detroit Lions podcast. Check it out tomorrow night. Uh, we got one little segment left. We're going to talk, wrap up the day and uh, look forward a little bit to what's going on for the rest of the, the time here. This is uh, Jeff Risen on The Huge Show. Come on back. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 bonuses when you sign up through the BetMGM Refer a Friend program. Hey, this is Matt Shepard. Just sign in in your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credits expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. Excludes Michigan Disassociation. Associated persons.
Huge here for the Grand Rapids Gold. They're the Denver Nuggets G League team, coached by former NBA All-Star Andre Miller. And they'll be playing their home games in downtown Grand Rapids at Van Andel Arena. And the Gold's home opener in GR will be Thursday night, November 10th. If you need tickets, quick link, follow the Grand Rapids Gold on Twitter, Facebook, or just Google Grand Rapids Gold. Their home opener is on Thursday night, November 10th at Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. Whether it's jackpots or colors of the rainbow, seven's a special number. At Meyer, it's no different. Get more for your money with seven for seven dollars. No luck required. Mix or match specially marked items. Buy seven or more and get each for a dollar. From Campbell's tomato soup, Meyer frozen vegetables, to Meyer facial tissue, there's so many ways to seven for seven dollars. Plus, locally grown large jack-o'-lantern pumpkins are buy one, get one 50% off. Shop the same low Meyer prices in-store and online. Exclusions apply. See the deals in the Meyer app. Celebrating Billy Joel, October 28th at DeVos Performance Hall in downtown GR. I'm in a New York state. Celebrate Billy Joel, America's Piano Man, 50 Years of Billy Joel, October 28th at DeVos Performance Hall in downtown GR. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Huge show across Michigan. This is Jeff Risden from the Lions Wire and Detroit Lions podcast. Sat in for Bill today. Had a great time sitting in here. Thanks for joining me for the the three hour ride here on the Huge Sports Network. Special shout out to those of you listening on WHTC ninety nine seven out in Holland, where I live. Uh, I am on there frequently, daily listening. So uh, been a good time talking to you all. We talked a lot of Lions. We had some great guests today. Uh, the number one thing I want to wrap with the whole Lions concept. You got to be a little bit patient with this team. Look, I know we we got excited from Hard Knocks. You know, we we're in love with Dan Campbell and all the fun that's going on with it. But you have to remember, this is a team that had to strip everything down. This wasn't just a rebuild. This was a demolition that had to take place, and we saw that last year. And the building is starting, and we're seeing it, and we're seeing. A lot of positive things, and I know there's a lot of you out there who are like, yeah, it's not winning, we're not winning, it doesn't matter. Well, you don't get to win without having some positive steps along the way. And they need to they need to do a lot of things better to keep winning and to get better at winning, and Dan Campbell included in that. But I'm seeing things that I like that tell me that it can work with what they've got. Add more talent in, get a little bit more coaching experience from Dan Campbell in the day-to-day process of things. I'm still excited about where it's going to go. Now, that's going to wane a lot if they lose this weekend in New England because that's just not – look, I know it's a road game. I know it's tough. You don't, you don't expect to win road games. But that, going into a bye, man, you got you got two and three sounds so much better than one and four. So uh, hopefully, hopefully they will pull it off. I am expecting them to win, by the way. Um, a couple of my guests today have also predicted them to win. So I, I'm feeling pretty good about that. We'll see how Bill feels about that when he gets back in here later this week. But I want to to thank everyone again for listening. Uh, I want to give a a quick shout. Uh, My son is a uh, basketball player, but he has also started playing men's volleyball recently. And there's a growing cadre of boys volleyball around 
the state of Michigan, and it's becoming a bigger thing. And if you have a son who's going to get cut from the basketball team or wants to try something different, I cannot encourage you enough to get your kids, find a local spot. Um, my son plays out of Impact here in Grand Rapids. Please check it out. It's a growing sport. The MHSAA is looking at adding it. If your son wants to play, get him out there and have him play. By the way, it's a great way to pick up girls. It worked for me. Met my wife through volleyball back in college. It's awesome. Uh, again, it's it, it's so much fun. Uh, I want to, want to give a quick thanks to all the guests that I had today. Jeremy Reisman, Scott Bischoff, uh, Mark Schofield, and Chris from the Detroit Lions podcast. We will be doing this again sometime in the near future, but uh, you get another guest host tomorrow. It won't be me, but uh, Bill will be also be back later in the week, and we will talk more Lions, and uh, go Chicks. Big. Bad. Huge.